everyone, and we're live. You're tuning in to Cosmic Children. I'm your host, Kevin. And today I have a really unique individual in the studio with me. I believe this individual needs no introduction. If you were to search him up online, you will find articles and videos of him, his craft, and his individuality. Welcome to the podcast, Young Raja. So let's start things off simple. Mm-hmm. Who is Young Raja? Well, first of all, man, thanks for having me here. It's super dope to have this conversation. I like podcasts in general, so it's a pleasure to be here. Who's Young Raja? 26-year-old Indian boy from Singapore that raps in Tanglish, that is Tamil and English. Mm-hmm. And sharing my truth with the world through my art. And I'm also kind of big on NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> we will get into that later. Yeah. So This is a pretty good intro. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so you, you, you mentioned your art. Could you go in depth into what do you mean by art and what are the different mediums that, that go into this particular thing? Well, I make rap music. Um, signed to Def Jam Southeast Asia. Mm. I've been rapping for about four to five years now. And I take great pride in my art, man, because I think it's pretty unique the unification of Tamil and English in this manner, I don't think it has been um, done uh, by a lot of people. And I take a lot of pride in the fact that I can share about my culture, my language, where I'm from, um, the things that make my culture and my life super colorful and wonderful, all those things, you know, things that I saw growing up. The fact that I can share these little truths of what makes me me through my medium of expression, which Mm. is, rap songs yeah um i also have a clothing line and all other side stuff that i treat as uh modes of expressions Mm. right uh mediums of expression but the main one i'm focusing on i've been focusing on is music yeah but i'm constantly exploring different ways to share my truth with the world yeah so i'm curious to know what is your earliest inception of rap music what got you interested in rap yeah yeah i remember it like it was yesterday bro i was on my way to school, mm. primary five, I stole my sister's Walkman. Fantastic. Without her knowing. <laughs> I put it in my backpack. Yeah. And I decided to just press play and listen to whatever CD that was inside. Yeah. I didn't know how to operate it. So I yeah. just pressed play. And the first song I heard was, will the real Slim Shady please stand oh, up? Tight. And then I heard all this slew of vulgarities <laughs> and explicit words. Yeah. had my hair standing. I had cold sweat because these are words that my parents told me, told me to never say. Yeah. So it had a very adverse reaction in that 11-year-old mind that yep. I had. And it just, for some reason, it deeply impacted my spirit. And ever since then, I've had this visceral attraction to 808s mm. and, and, and flows, yep. like flows that run like water, right? Yep. When I hear people like Eminem or Biggie, yep. you know, when, when I hear some of my favorite rappers rap, I'm just, I've just been so drawn to it yep. ever since, you know, 10, 11 years old. and. Yep. Besides Tamil songs, which was what I was listening to prior mm. to discovering rap, um, hip hop has been the predominant uh, genre of music that I've been listening to. Yeah. And little did I know that all of that exposure to hip hop culture and music and all the things that hip hop stand for, stands for, little did I know that all of that would lead to me becoming a full-time rapper. Yeah. I would have never expected this. Yeah. But I've just been a fan, man. I've just been an enthusiast, yeah. uh, very, very passionate about hip hop music, the yeah. culture in general. You know, do you um, remember the early days of pursuing hip hop culture? Mm-hmm. Yeah, from from thirteen, and as, yep. as as you went on into your journey, what yes. what were you exposed to first after? Yeah, well, the first the first phase of being exposed to rap music, there was Dr. Dre, yeah. Eminem, Snoop Dogg, the classics, the classics, yeah. right? West Coast, of course, Biggie, 
Mm. I have a big, biggie frame in my house. Like, and then I went on to the the history, the legacy. Yeah. Started to dig a little deeper to see who are the guys, the pioneers of rap, yeah. and then found N.W.A. and, and Ice Cube yeah. and whoever whoever that's been putting hip hop on the map from the '90s, yep. late '80s as well. DJ Cool Herc, oh like, definitely, yeah, like Wu Tang. I mean, the list goes on, right? But it was over time, like it was over a span of ten years where I studied um, rappers, mm. uh, picked a certain uh, like a top five list of artists that I went really deep into, mm. but the exposure of rap music as like a, almost like a art form that yeah. I was so interested in that I wanted to know more about, mm. that was over a span of 10 years. So from Eminem and Dr. Dre and all of those guys, I moved into all the different subgenres of rap, like T.I., where mm. his flow comes from, yep. Lil Wayne, where his uh, style, different styles of rap, different yep. flows and, you know, is really just going down to the to the nitty gritty parts of rap music that people mm. don't usually uh, notice. Look at, yeah. uh, notice, you know. Yeah. I really listen to rap songs and I love to read the lyrics. I used to pull up all the lyrics and just read along to Eminem. And where that led me to was also a place that I wasn't expecting, which was trying to emulate these rappers and trying to make covers mm. of these uh, rappers, right? Mm. So when I was about 17, 18, when I was in Poly, I was in Nian Poly, I was studying mass communication. And just as a side hustle, no, not, not even a hustle, just like a hobby. Hobby, yeah. Hobby, I would, I would literally practice rapping to my favorite songs mm-hmm. all day and night. Yep. And I would record it down with whatever knowledge I had on Logic <laughs> yeah. or, or, or GarageBand Garage or whatever. Band, yeah. And just post them up on SoundCloud. It was a private SoundCloud page. It was just for me. Sometimes I, sometimes I would let my friends hear it, but... I, I got such a great kick out of listening to myself yeah. rap exactly like my idols. Ah. And that's how I went real deep into rap music. Yeah. And then that led to a whole series of ex- events that I can't explain, man. Meeting Faris, mm. Faris telling me to try rapping with him and then us going on to releasing a couple of rap videos on Twitter and then that going viral yep. and then being discovered by Zeke and, and s- some of my day one guys and mm. getting signed to a record label. Next thing you know, I'm, I'm doing this like proper as a career and i can't be any more grateful bro yeah. like it's unreal man i have so many things to be thankful yeah. for you know that's that's just the story were you cognizant of what you were doing when you were 70 18 just recording covers to yourself did, did you have a goal in mind that, oh bro. this this is the industry that i wanted to go and this is i wanted to enter the music industry as a rapper no like to be honest with you at that time my biggest dream was to become an actor mm. i started off as a childhood Childhood actor. Yeah. At 13, 14, I started okay. acting in Channel 5. Yeah. Um, short films. Yes. Yeah. Whatever projects I could get my hands on in whatever free time I had mm. besides school, right? I did that for eight years. Mm. And my real name is Rajit, right? Mm. So Rajit, um, I'm talking in third person because I, I wouldn't just, that little boy, Rajit as that little boy. Yeah. When I was really young, the dream was to become the best actor that Singapore has ever seen. Like I would go around school telling everybody, man, I'm going to win an Oscar one day. I want to be the first Tamil filler to put Singapore on a map. Yeah. And that was the headspace I was in. Mm. As, you know, young, young, stupid ass kid that just had no idea how big the dreams. world works. Yeah. Big dreams, big yeah. dreams. My parents never, um, never asked me to lower my, lower my aim or anything mm. like that. They've always supported that. And in, when I was in that, uh, life for about eight years I never once thought about pursuing music full time mm. never once never once thought about it 
So your focus was on acting totally. It was yeah. totally on acting. And one of the reasons as to why rap music, like my passion for rap music, I wasn't so vocal about it because when I was in secondary school, I used to get bullied. Okay. I used to get bullied and I, I, I was this lame ass kid. I used to get pushed around. I never knew how to st- stand up for myself. I would get into fights and not know how to fend myself. Yeah. But when I put on the headphones, I felt so untouchable. What is it about that? I don't know, man. Like I, I, I still remember this so vividly, right? Going to school and going back home, mm. right? The bus trips. My dad got me an iPod touch at that time. Ooh. So I had all <laughs> yeah. the rap music that I yeah. love in it. So the trips to school, to and from school, I felt like the biggest G there is. When I'm hearing, can't tell me nothing. <laughs> Kanye West, Lewin, Amelie, whatever it is, right? Bass hitting. I felt so big. I felt so larger than life. And I felt like nobody can touch me, right? It was this power that, the, that I felt deep within my, my soul and it's visceral bro like you know I just the way I walked the way I stood up my spine straightened out the yep. way I, everything changed yep. like every time I'm listening to rap music I always notice how I feel and I always felt powerful and great and that that did a great deal for my self esteem you know as a kid that is mm. being bullied yep. as a kid that's being pushed around and not knowing how to maneuver life at least I had that at so it slowly hip-hop. translated to reality yeah yep. and I never shared this with anybody. Like all the friends I had in secondary school, nobody knew that I was a fan of rap music because mm. my personality then, how people viewed me then, and what I felt deep down when yeah. I listened to rap music, there was such a distant, distant. Uh, there, there was a dissonance, right? Yeah. Like there was no connection at all. Very far apart, yeah. right? And I was almost embarrassed because I felt like people wouldn't understand. Mm. Like I'm this guy, chubby, short, yeah. like no girls would want to talk to and all of that, right? Yeah. Just not a good experience in school. If I were to tell them that, yeah, I'm a fan of Kanye and blah, yeah. blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a total disconnect. Yeah. Total disconnect. Yeah. So I kept it as a secret and I didn't want to share it with, share with anybody. Yeah. And uh, that, and also I didn't have any friends in secondary school that were fans of hip hop mm. until I met Faris. Ah. I met Faris when I was 18 and for the first time in my life, I got to share my passion for rap to its truest, truest depth with a friend. Yeah. And he shared a same, similar passion, you know, and that was the foundation for my friendship with him. And that is why he's my ride or die. And I know for a fact he would give up his life for me and I would do the same. Yeah. We were brought together. We were we bonded through hip hop. All yeah. those nights we went to hip hop clubs, Refuge, Canvas, all those nights listening to our favorite songs, rapping along, getting drunk as fuck, <laughs> and just, you know, rapping, ciphering, freestyling with yeah. one another, creating little rap circles outside Canvas. We did that. Mm. And that led to us becoming who we are today. Yeah. And we are very proud of the journey, man. And yeah. it's so cool that I'm sitting here sharing that with you. That is fantastic. Yeah. So I'm you so I'm so I'm curious to know because you, you mentioned that your, your your focus was always on acting. Yeah. And for eight years you 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 had your eyes set on that. But when you met Faris, something changed. Would you say that that was quite the crossroads for you? That Definitely. something changed because you had someone to to share the passion with, to share music yeah. with, and you get the same kind of energy from him and you guys can 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 build each other up like that. Yeah. yeah. What I realized was all those years of me pursuing acting, what I realized now that I didn't realize then was that I wasn't really in love with the craft of acting. I was more in love with the idea of being an actor. What does that mean? You know, you look at actors in Hollywood, these big time guys, yeah. the glitz and glamour, red carpet, pulling up to nice events and 
being loved by so many people, right? The adoration, yeah. The adoration, yeah. right? So just like any other dumbass kid that would look at a toy and want it, yeah. I had an affinity or like just uh, innate human desire yeah. to want to be big. And I thought being an actor is what I want to do. Little did I know that my passion was in music the mm. whole time. My passion was in hip hop specifically the whole time. Yeah. Right? So when I met that, that there was one night, I'll never forget that night. It was at Farz's house. I had just finished a shoot for KFC. I shot a commercial. It was a fucking 14 or 15 hour shoot. <laughs> oh my God. And by, by, you know, by that time, I was very unhappy with the life that I was leading. You know, all yeah. the gigs that I, I would go for like 20, 30 auditions and get one role. And I was balancing that with school yeah. and I would go for overnight shoots and then not sleep and then go for lecture, oh, shoot God. in Batam and then yeah. take the ferry, go straight for exams. Yeah. Like it was a very hectic life that I put myself through. Nobody asked me to do that. Mm. Like my parents, friends, nobody knew what I was putting myself through. It was, it was too much. It was a lot. It was yeah. a lot of things. But I felt like, I constantly felt like I wasn't getting the, the you know, I wasn't reaping. I wasn't able to reap the the fruits of the labor right like yeah. so many years i'm grinding i'm fucking going for so many auditions bro right and then i had that epiphany one day when i finished that f- insanely tiring shoot i go to Faris's house to just hang out with him right and Faris at that time was working at wwf as a fundraiser mm. both of us were broke ass kids i had a little bit of money right like with but just little both of us had a little bit of money yeah. but it was never enough right kids broke pretty aimless i thought i had some things figured out but turns out i didn't really i, I thought <laughs> yeah. i did right i was deeply resentful with how i was living and whatever i was chasing deeply resentful but i wasn't able to verbalize any of that because i don't think i had the awareness mm. so that night when i went to Faris's house he looked at me and he said bro you put in so much effort in this world of acting or whatever it is that as far as i've known you you have grinded your ass off but it looks like to me that there just isn't enough roles that you can shine in you are in singapore Mm. you and i are minority race groups Mm. besides the shows that vasandam is producing Mm -hmm. or for him besides the shows that surya is producing Mm. what more opportunities are there for us to really give it a shot and like you know yeah. just see where it goes yeah and then he gave me that perspective right and it was like poof, i was like oh my god you are right mm-hmm. so that's why i've not i've not been able to just find enough opportunities there's just not enough opportunities out there yeah right that is casting for a teenage indian boy as the role mm-hmm. whatever i could get my hands on i've gone for all of them that just wasn't enough. And that, that was just the reality, bro. Like I came to realize that there were not many roles out there yeah. that guys like me can go for. So there's a hard cap, really. It's a yeah. hard cap. Yeah. And eight years is long enough to know, you know, and I'm, was, and I'm pretty sure I was on every single fucking website mm. that was posting casting calls. Mm. Like eight years is a long time. Yeah. And to do that while I'm schooling, like you got to understand, like I must have been really passionate as a little kid I mean, I'm just I'm just reminiscing right now. Looking back, these are things that I'm coming to understand now at this part of my life. <laughs> Faris told me that, and then he said, "Why not? Why not? You try rapping with me." 
I don't think we have anything to lose, bro. Like we're both pretty broke, and we should try this. We're young. Yeah. You do you, I do me. You rap in Tamil or English or whatever. I'll rap in Malay, whatever. Yeah. Let's just try this. And at that moment, I truly, hand to God, I felt like I really had nothing to lose. Mm. Why shouldn't I give this a shot? That night, Faris recorded his verse and posted it on Twitter. It went viral. Yeah. And he showed it to me. He said, "Bro, look, I told you, people will fuck with this. We can be the artists that we have always wanted to be." We don't have to beg for no fucking role yeah. that is typecasting us into mm. whatever, you know. We can be the artist that we've always wanted to be, the artist that our spirit desires. So he showed me that video, that tweet, right? Went viral. It was at six thousand, seven thousand retweets, yep. trending in Singapore and Malaysia. And he showed it to me. He said, "Bro, what more proof do you want? You make a video tonight." So the next night, I went to his house. I wrote my little verse. He was right next to me, recorded it, posted. Same thing, it was trending in Singapore and Malaysia, and I had tears in my eyes, bro. I was yeah. like, "Wow!" Like for me to go through eight years of acting to meet Faris at the audition of Our Boys to Men three, yeah. For me to be the only Indian guy to be selected for that role, mm. and for Faris to be the only Malay guy to be selected for that role, and for us to come together is such a like. Serendipitous, yeah, yeah. serendipitous situation, yeah. and for us to discover our love for rap, and for that to build us, bring us together, and build our friendship, and that leading to us launching our rap careers together, yeah, bro, how you can't write a better story, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? No, yeah. like the fact that the like I want to clear up why I'm saying it like only Indian guy, only Malay guy. I want people to know when Jack New was casting for. Roles for our boys to man three. The the casting call was literally funny Indian guy, okay, cool Malay boy. That was the roles they were casting for. Yeah. So Faris was the Malay boy, and I was the Indian boy. Yeah, literally simple. There was hundreds of guys that was trying to get the same role. I was the guy. I was the Indian guy. He was the Malay guy. Yeah. We bonded through the film. Everything worked out, but I wouldn't have met him if I didn't. <laughs> You know, because didn't have dreams of being an actor. Yeah, and that just blows my mind away how yeah. the universe works, man. So precisely, I have no complaints, bro. Like, shit, it's it's unreal. So I'm curious to know what is your relationship with failure. <sighs> I used to think that failure is bad and failure is like something that you should avoid, yeah, or dodge at all costs. My most recent understanding of failure is that it is a lesson. It is a lesson that you should be able to digest and internalize objectively, for you to move forward with better perspective and better understanding of things. If you see failures as lessons, now everything is a game. Now you know what I mean. Yeah, you're just learning as you go. I read somewhere, I don't know who said this, but if you can move from failure to failure without losing your spirit, you have figured life out. Or something like that. That's a powerful like, phrase. Yeah, yeah, and f- I don't fear failure anymore. I can tell you that. Like I've, I've, I have feared failure all through my teenage years. You know, not being the man that I've always wanted to be, not being the son, not being able to be the son that my parents expect me to be. I took a very unconventional route. I'm mm. Indian Muslim background. Every all of my cousins are getting their degrees and helping out with the family business, and here I am saying fuck you to a degree and yeah. just. All of that 
all of that, right, had always created this space for fear and uncertainty mm. and like just what like that that little voice in your head that says what if what if uh, bro what if whatever you're thinking about yourself is just not it you know i've i've had that bro i've had that and i i come from a pretty big family i'm mm. the only son i have three elder sisters mm. i've always had the pressure i don't know how much you know uh, about indian culture but in indian culture the son is the pillar of the family right the son mm. is i mean is pretty consistent with asian cultures yep but this was my experience bro growing up so like there's a lot the of pressure, expectations the on pressure you pressure was insane yeah it was so crazy out i'm the only son but i'm the last child so it's like yeah we expect you to yeah. take care of us but mm. you're still a baby so fuck how do we you know it was yeah. very weird but ever since i was 9 10 i knew for a fact that i knew deep down my parents didn't have to tell me i just knew that my parents expect me to be this kind of guy mm. the kind of son that any indian muslim parent would want yeah kind of son that is is filial that is taking care of them that's financially independent yeah. that is you know all of that right and i have three sisters and all of them collectively have nine kids together and i'm the only uncle for all of them yeah so like these little uh anecdotes of my reality whenever i think about them it just I can't help but to feel an immense exactly visceral overwhelming sense of fear mm. right but praise god bro god is real man the universe is real and the universe is powerful and the universe is listening to your prayers all the time little did i know that all of my dreams my adolescent dreams my teenage dreams would come into fruition mm. by me pursuing music i would have never expected this i would have never in a million years seen this coming mm-hmm. right but somehow i feel like my prayers are getting answered bro and it's like <laughs> someone's looking out for you somebody's looking out for yeah. me some i don't know whether it's my grandma my parents prayers i don't know what it is but i'm a blessed soul bro the last couple of years of my life have been nothing but joy yeah and ecstasy not just for me but my for, for my family mm. and i can safely tell you right now that i've that I don't fear failure anymore. Do you accept it? I accept you welcome it. it. Yeah. I love it actually. I'm I am uh doing a couple of other stuff besides music now. I just yeah. opened up my cafe. Mm. I'm doing my my brand now, Peace Ove with my yep. boy Darren here. Um I have got my non-profit. I got a couple of things that I'm doing. And all of these things came when I let go of my fear. And that was this year, the mm. beginning of this year. when i realized that tomorrow will, may not come bro exactly tomorrow may not come and the fact that i'm doing what i love with people that i love my heart is already filled with so much gratitude and purpose and meaning yeah just fulfillment you know spiritual fulfillment is there and i know if if my time is here i don't mind it like, yeah. i really don't mind it because every dream that i had as a son as a brother as an uncle i've achieved them done mm. i paid off my family's mortgage this year i you know took out all the pawn took out all the gold from the pawn shop that my mom has put in for like decades mm. i've i'm exactly the son that my parents wanted me to be yeah. i'm exactly the person that i wanted to be i'm exactly the uncle the brother the friend that i wanted to be yeah i'm good so that is a total alignment yeah in, Bro, in yourself yeah I, i i can't explain this any other way so that's that's why i can sit here and tell you so boldly that yeah. I, i don't i feel it fear 
failure anymore. I'm curious to know yeah. what has informed um, this particular framework that you had. You, you said only this year. So yeah. what changed? What do you did, did? Did someone? Did you have a conversation with someone? Did you watch something that kind of informed or kind of showed you this particular framework to 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 look at life? I think just being exposed to the idea of gratitude. You know, the idea of how the universe works. Okay. You know, karma. These philosophical concepts that are so deeply rooted in humanity, you know, things that we don't really hear much on TV or things that we don't see much of. It's very diluted. On a day-to-day -day basis, right? Yeah. But I was exposed to those kind of content, you know, that really widened my perspective and shaped the lens that I look through mm. uh, at life, right? It shaped the lens of for life for me. Um, one of the biggest attributes to this new lens that I'm looking at life through is practicing gratitude, the mm. daily practice of gratitude. Help me to understand what that means to you. Well, just pausing for a second, right? Because all of us are in a little hamster wheel. We're always trying to strive towards the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Yeah. Human beings can never be satisfied, man. That's human nature, right? Mm. I give you a $5 million bungalow, you're going to be thinking about when you're going to move to a $10 million bungalow exactly. and that's just how it is. Mm. It never stops. Mm -hmm. It never fucking stops, right? Mm -hmm. I used to think of like, oh, once I get this, I'll be happy, right? I got that. Then my mind immediately goes to the next thing. And I've come to learn that that is how the human mind works. Mm -hmm. And I've come to accept that. But there was one day where I picked up this book. It was called the guidebook to gratitude. Mm. The guide, oh no, the little guidebook of gratitude. That's what it's called, if I'm not wrong, right? Okay. Just a little book picked up from Kinokunia. The book detailed all of the biophysical or like on, on a biochemistry level, I, I don't know what's the right word for it, mm. almost on a neurological, neurological. there yeah. we go, that's the word I was looking for, neurological level. What, are the benefits that uh, practicing gratitude daily has, mm. right? So scientists that have researched this field of practicing gratitude, what are the benefits of it? What are the good? What, what is the goodness that comes out of it? Yeah. They detailed all of that in the book. So basically what it is, right? You sit down, you pause everything, right? You take away everything. You just sit down quietly, like how you would sit in meditation. Mm -hmm. Whether you want to take out a piece of paper and a pen and write down five or 10 things that, you wouldn't want to lose five to 10 things that if you were to lose, your life would be way more miserable mm. and un and you would be way, way more unhappy and just resentful towards life. Yep. What are those five to 10 things? Write them down. With the daily practice of you acknowledging the blessings in your life that you don't want to take for granted, your view on life changes. You start to see how much you have instead of constantly being aligned with how much you don't have. Mm. Because that's 99.9% .9 of us. Mm -hmm. We're always looking at what we don't have and we're trying to strive towards that. But when you try to align yourself with what you do have, everything changes. Everything changes. Now you're thankful for what you have. Now you don't want to take whatever you have for granted. And that, that spirit right there, yeah. the spirit that is constantly thinking of all the blessings that God has put forward, that God has presented to that person's reality, that energy mm. is very powerful. It changes people forever. Mm. I can touch you right now 
with whatever I'm saying, right? I can positively impact your soul. Mm-hmm. After this podcast, you may be a changed man mm-hmm. because I have just given you a, a a piece of my light. Yep. Right? And ever since I had this understanding, bro, like everything changed. Yep. My life changed, my friendship, my, my circle of friends changed, and the way they feel when they're around me, it all changed. Mm-hmm. And then it led to an understanding. My most recent understanding. My my um purpose for being here. My purpose for being here is not to be a rapper, bro. I can tell you right that. I can mm. tell you that right now. My purpose for being here is not to make music. Okay. I believe that my purpose for being here is to spread my light. Mm. There's too much darkness in this world, bro. You know. How And did I you come to understand light. that? This world is suffering, right? Like everybody's mm-hmm. suffering, bro. Yeah. Everybody is going through problems. We cannot go down the rabbit hole of who suffering is more, right? We mm-hmm. can never do that. Yep. It's infinite. Infinite. Life is suffering, mm-hmm. right? People don't I look around and I see so many people that have no idea how blessed they are. No clue. Like zero knowledge or, or zero grasp or zero understanding of how blessed they truly are. Mm-hmm. As I'm reading this book of gratitude and I'm, as I'm practicing gratitude, as I'm tweaking my mm. my perspective, perspective yeah. to align with looking at life through the lens of gratitude. Mm. Now, when I started looking around and seeing looking at my peers and my family members, I started I started to realize that they're not really thinking of life or looking at life in a, in, a, in the same way. Mm. And they're unhappy. They're complaining. They're resentful. Yep. They are just negative about things. They're constantly harping on things that just are super useless. It doesn't matter in the long run. Things that don't matter, right? And then it dawned on me, bro. It dawned on me that I guess people don't have that awareness to know how blessed they are. And I remind my peers. I remind. I am here to remind them, and I mm-hmm. constantly do. Like I don't know if you follow me on Instagram. Ever since I started my career, I make it a point to always ask people what are they grateful for, and always share that I am feeling grateful. And it's no fucking PR stunt or marketing move or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it is genuine. I want people to think of what are the things that they're grateful for, because not enough people are asking that question, exactly. bro. Exactly, it's a very important question in today's society. There's so much suffering out there. People are dying as we speak. Exactly, it's a global pandemic. People are losing their jobs. Mm-hmm. Families are hungry, bro. We need more light, and we can't bring that light upon to the world if people are constantly looking at the world through the lens of anything besides gratitude. Mm. If they're looking at life and finding things to complain, finding things that could be better and just focusing on the bad and the negative we have to realign our focus yeah because where attention goes energy flows precisely you know yeah and if you are surrounded by motherfuckers that just constantly keep focusing on what is whack in their lives it's not going to bring any it's not going to bring them anywhere bro the whatever that's whack is going to grow mm. whatever that they don't like is going to grow i want to be here to remind my friends and my family members to focus on the good because there's a lot of goodness in life bro there's a lot of goodness in life that we cannot take for granted that we should not take for granted mm. and that is just my mode of living as of now and i would love to always realign myself back to this truth yeah was it challenging for you to 
as you read the book mm-hmm. and as you got exposed to what the book says and you're tweaking your internal self, was it challenging for you to adopt this particular outlook of the world? Mm. Did, did you have moments where I guess the internal self wanted something a bit more materialistic and wanted something a bit more selfish in a sense? Was it difficult and challenging to grab? Because I don't imagine, I don't imagine things to just change overnight. You read a passage and for whoa, sure. I imagine it's a process. So mm-hmm. was it a process for you? And could you describe Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Yeah. It was a long process. It was many months of just daily practice of gratitude, just mm. writing down, just making it a point, like be disciplined with it. Just write it down until the day it, it doesn't even feel like it's some extra thing that I have to do. It's just a part of my day-to-day, my morning routine. Yeah. Write down the three to five things I'm grateful for, right? Of course, human nature right? You get caught up in your own ego. Yep. You get lost in the yep. sauce, whatever <laughs> yeah, the fuck exactly. you want to call it, yep. right? Human nature, you fall for greed, lust, whatever it is, right? Just like any other person. Mm. But I consider this almost like a faith, almost like a pillar. You know, gratitude is my mode of living. Mm. It is like a religion, bro. Gratitude is something that I practice daily, like how people practice their religion yep. or any religious stuff. Yep. And with daily practice, you get better at it. And as you get better at things, it flows smoother. Mm. And you don't have to try so hard anymore. Yeah. And it just... So the resistance is chipped away little by little. Chipped away. Yeah. And now I'm at a place where there's no resistance. So now I don't have to write it down in a book. Now I can just sit down. Right now while we speak, there's 10 things at the back of my mind that I'm grateful for. Yeah. You know, I'm constantly thinking about it. I never let it leave my frame of mind. Mm. Or my, you know, your, your 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 view of the world, really, yeah. It never leaves. Yeah. It's always there. And as far as I can, I will always try to honor and protect that. You know, yeah. Because life works. You can never try to hold on to things too much. You can never try to grip onto things too much. Life is funny that way. Life yeah? is funny that way. Yeah. Anytime you try to grip, you create friction <laughs> within yourself, and yeah. you don't want that, right? Friction is not good. Mm. Friction is going against the grain with your soul. You don't want that, right? I'm just aware of these things. I'm aware of the things that I'm grateful for and I just keep that awareness. I keep it front and center. Mm. I keep it the focus. Everything else is secondary. How does this revelation change your process of creating music and your craft? I always ask myself if I'm enjoying it. Okay. You know, if I'm enjoying it because one of the biggest things that I'm grateful for in my life is the fact that I get to do what I love. There's so many people that would kill to have what I have, mm. would give an arm and leg to have what I have. I know people that have struggled for years, bro. Like not one, two years. I'm talking five, 10, yeah. 15 years to, you know, have a, a career, a mm. stable career yeah. or like, you know, launch themselves, put themselves out there. Yeah. I've seen people struggle. I've struggled, right? And the struggle is real. Mm-hmm. I acknowledge how blessed I am to be put in a position where not only do I do what I love, I get to do what I love with the people that I love, Mm. right? God has blessed me with everything that I've ever wanted, right? That is my truth. So if I were to do music, the only thing that matters is, am I having fun while I'm doing this? Because that's why I chose this. Yeah, This is fun. I love hip hop. It should be fun. The moment it starts to feel like work, the mm. moment it starts to feel like I'm doing this for money yeah. or I'm doing this to get the bag, mm. 
Why would I why would I give energy to that when I already acknowledge the fact that I'm living in abundance, you yeah. know? I always try my best to in the creation of music, right? Always try to realign myself back to the intention of what it is that we're trying to do here. Yeah. Are we trying to make music that we love? Are we trying to find the next big song that is going to mm. extend my career by another one, two years? Yeah. You know what I mean? People get caught up in that approach. Yep. I'm very blessed to have a team that is filled with people that are original thinkers man innovators in their game shout out to Zeke shout out to Rhythm shout out to Faris Faris like I'm surrounded by some of the best of the best bro at what they do and they inspire me and every time I get together with them the intention is always pure and clear we're doing stuff that we love that we like we love yeah we can stay up all night in the studio go through 100 beats you know write i don't know how many lines of raps how many verses of raps mm. and still have fun you know always try to bring myself back to that sometimes you know in the business of being an artist mm-hmm. you can that can get lost in translation yep you know they're setting deadlines on you they're telling you oh we need a song by friday yep. we need to put out that freestyle by tomorrow yep. blah 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 then you start to those face yeah, yeah you start you start to face a, a very strange reality where now you're being put in a place where your creativity needs to be forced mm. and then it starts to feel a bit like hey what's going on here like how come i'm not enjoying this like how i would usually then i have to just relax and calm down and bring myself back to realign myself back to the intention and know that this is part of the game this is a challenge that god is putting in front of me this is a this is an opportunity for me to see if i can step up to the plate yeah. can i do it can i not do it if i can do it good job if i can't do it what do i need to improve on mm. going back to the lesson and one of the biggest things i've learned this year is finding the lesson bro finding the lesson you know if I'm put in a tough spot. You know, people around me is too much noise. I got to get my stuff done. I got to get my shit done and I can't cut through. Mm. Whatever that struggle is, after that struggle is over, I always try to find the lesson. Cuz it's always trying to teach you something. Mm. Whatever that is placed in a reality is not accidental, bro. Because there could have been a there could have been millions of other things that could happen yeah, in your definitely. life yeah. for you right yeah. literally yeah. millions of things yeah the universe is a big place man oh definitely right yeah big place a lot of things are happening yeah. every second yeah anything could be happening but if something very specific is happening to you i have reframed my my view right if it's an obstacle if it's a difficult time it's happening for a reason and the quicker you are able to find the lesson the better it will be for you moving forward So it's almost like you're 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 ready for it. You're yeah. anticipating I'm, I'm, it even. I'm I'm anticipating it. Like yeah. I want to know. Yeah. Like now with this understanding, everything feels like a game. Mm. I'm going into NFTs and cryptos. I'm not afraid to lose this money. Mm. I just opened up a cafe. I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing, bro. <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. I've I've zero experience in F&B. Yeah. Well, so did I with rap. I had zero mm. experience in being a full-time rapper. I had to figure it out along the way. Yeah. You know, learn the ropes of the game with with good people, people around me, my support system that have taught me so many things. But yeah, like shit man, like I, I I'm I'm not afraid. Yeah. I'm not afraid to like try these things. It's, it's okay if I fail. I'm so willing and ready to find the lesson, bro. And I've been doing that for the last couple of years and there's no way I can explain how that has had an impact on my psyche. So it keeps you focused and it keeps you grounded as well. Yes. Super focused, super grounded. Constantly 
constantly thankful. Mm. Just thankful for the good and the bad. Yeah. And the bad. And the bad. For the good and the bad. Because the bad happens to teach you a lesson. That's hella painful, isn't it? Yeah. That's what it is, bro. I mean, it's it's perspective, right? At the end of the day, it's perspective. Something bad happens to you. You can mope all day and yep. whine all day. But there are motherfuckers that have it way worse than you. Definitely. There are people out there that are blind. Yep. They're paraplegics. Yep. That struggling for air to breathe. Yeah. So is your problem really a problem? Or is it a problem that you make it to be? Right? So do you think it's part of the human condition to not want to to give up that suffering and to hold on to it because it is comfortable? Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Because that's all we know. Yeah. Until we taste the the Something other side worse. of the spectrum. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think human beings, there's a deep understanding that suffering will always be there. And everybody's trying to get distracted. Mm. Everybody's trying to distract themselves from the suffering, yeah. right? With whatever simple, innate pleasures. Simple and fast. Simple and fast. Yeah. Whatever dopamine rush you can get yep. as a reward. Yep. Open TikTok. Just watch five videos. Boom. You got your dopamine. Take a hit of your vape. Boom. Got your dopamine. <laughs> Go watch Spider-Man. Boom. Got your dopamine. Yep. Have alcohol. Boom. The list goes on. Constant distraction from what needs to be focused on. Yeah. The important things in front of you that needs to be focused on. Because I think we know that life is suffering and life is hard. Mm, definitely. Life is hard, bro. Yeah. It's so easy to just not do anything. Yep. Right? But life is hard and I believe that you have to be the best version of yourself to tackle life. Because if you don't, you're just making it worse, you know? Because oh. you're not you're you're not doing that one thing that you could be doing to better equip yourself at handling life. Yep. You know? I want to speak about the collaborators and the team you have. Mm-hmm. How, what, what drew you to them and them to you? Are you aware of it? To be honest, we just attracted each other. Gotcha. We attracted, all of us attracted each other. Like how I told you, Faris and I met. I never planned to meet a guy like Faris. Yeah. I don't think he did as well, like mm. when it comes to me. It was so natural, bro. Our spirits just came together. Our frequencies just aligned. Mm. It was Faris first. And then I met Shoria, who came to came to one of the clubs that I used to hype at. Yep. I used to be a hip hop MC at this club called Cherry Discotheque. Oh yeah, I used to go there Fridays and Saturdays. I used to MC for DJ Rattle, DJ Fader, mm. whoever that was DJing. I used to be the guy on the mic. And at that time, I was already exploring, you know, music a little bit, dabbling, just yep. trying to see if I can do something in that space. Rhythm comes to the club one day, sees me, we link up, just super random. Mm-hmm have a chat with him. He asked me to come to his studio. We start working on music. Couple of weeks later, I'm going to Canvas for, for some event oh. and bump into Zeke, Flat mm. School. Yep. Who at that point in time, plenty of people have already told me who Flat School was. Mm. And I've, I know this guy and he and I bet some people told him uh, he also kind of knew of Faris and I too. And we just bumped into each other, bro. I bumped into all of them, which then led to us Becoming the best of friends. Brothers, bro. Like brothers. Like thick as thieves, man. Like we went through so many things in the last couple of years. So many ups and downs, bro. Like I wish I can write a book one day all about it. I think you will. I hope I do. (laughs) It's a lot of things. I can't share it all here, but Mm. the journey in the last couple of years has been so rich, you know. Mm. The good and the bad, everything. Made it so rich, that we know when I look at my crew, when we look at each other, we know we'll die for one another any day. Like it's not even a doubt. 
that's the kind of bond that I, I don't think I will ever be able to create like yeah. in my 30s or 40s bro I don't know like this is so divine so yeah. divine like it's the so way human yes yeah, so, <laughs> so human the, like what I can tell you right now in all of the relationships that I've formed mm. even with Darren right here like every one of my guys that I hold on like these guys the, my circle of friends no friction zero just align do you know why people used the um the phrase um struck a chord no tell me so you know a chord a musical chord yep. right a chord is made up of many different notes yep. that naturally by nature by the law of nature sounds perfectly harmonious when ah, they're played together okay okay that's what a chord is yep. it's not man made no man said oh shit you play those three notes it's going to sound nice nope by nature So when people are when people come together and they kick it off, oh, they struck a chord. Mm. That's where it comes from. And I've been striking a chord with everybody that I've been meeting in the last couple of years. And I don't know what it is, man. Praise God. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Praise God. I don't know how it's happening. Maybe the energy is attracting a mm-hmm. similar energy. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. Maybe it's a, maybe it's like-minded people come together, yep. find their tribe or whatever. I don't know what it is, bro. But I have so much to be thankful for. So much to be thankful for. Without my guys, without my support system, my friends, I wouldn't be here. It is better not to know sometimes. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to know. To be honest with you, yeah, it, it it's it's too it's too deep. It's it's uh, too baffling. I don't think we can comprehend it really. Yeah, to orchestrate going back to your story about you and Faris. Yeah, to orchestrate that that chain of events yeah. across five to eight years. Exactly that particular uh, production, and you guys meet, and you guys hit it exactly. off. Exactly, a lot of things could have happened. Yeah, so this is what this is what I always try to explain to people. Right, they ask, "Oh, Raju, why are you so why why are you so grateful all the time?" And all I have to say is, the sequence of events that had to happen in the precise intended way that it happened for me to be here mm. if one small fractal of that process was different any different just one degree off to the left yeah i won't be here exactly it's too many moving parts yep it's too random too many moving parts that are all too random yep and you can't you can't replicate that yeah right so why the fuck would you not be thankful that it happened exactly the way it happened i i always tell my friends like find the silver lining man It's a pandemic. Yes. Yep. But through the pandemic, I'm pretty sure you changed. I'm pretty sure you grew a lot. Mm. I grew a lot. I know for a fact whatever challenges challenges that came for me personally and artistically, I know for a fact I've grown through the pandemic. Yes, it's a sad time, it's a bad time, it's a terrible time, bro. So much suffering, right? Yep. But there's always there's always no matter how bad a situation is, there's always a silver lining. And I truly believe that. If we are not able to see it, we got to change the way you look at it. The way we look at it. Bro, it is not what we see, man. It is how we see it. Oh, that's powerful. It's how we see it, bro. Give a caveman a lighter, he has no idea what the fuck to do with it. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Give so, a modern man a lighter, he knows exactly what to do with it. It's how you see it. Hmm. I read in a book somewhere, the land of discoveries and discovering new land. The land of discovery, seeing through new eyes. Oh, that is powerful too. It's coming back to the philosophy of knowing how to see things, and my mind automatically goes to the mode of locating the silver lining in whatever mishap that that happens in life, like how it should. Like I mean, mishaps happen all the time, Definitely. right? Every day, yeah. every day we are faced with challenges and 
we're taking L's here and there yep. and like we're learning and we're going and we're tripping on, on our laces and yep. whatever, right? Find the silver lining that just speeds things up by a thousand million percent. But that would mean that you can't go through life on um, automatic. You can't just go through it mm-hmm. without really thinking, without really perceiving it. You kind of have to spend time with yourself yeah. And have that awareness. And when something happens, you don't react. Yeah. But you Absolutely. consider and you internalize it and you think about it, you ponder on it. And Absolutely. these things take effort. Takes time. a lot of effort. Yeah. Takes a lot of effort. And we can we can go through, we can go through that, right? Like, are you willing to put in that effort mm. to work on yourself to understand how you are wired? Because you can't, if you can't understand yourself, you try to understand the world, bro. Good luck to you. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You can't even understand yourself. You're trying to understand your family, your friends, how the world works, like understand whatever game, whatever career that you're trying to pursue. Yep. You can't understand jack shit if you don't understand yourself because only through self-discovery you can discover everything else, bro. It's through the process of self-discovery everything else lies. What has helped you in this process of self-discovery? Support systems. Support systems. My family, my friends. Yeah. In my darkest of hours, they're there. Mm. I have fucked up many times in my life, just like you would have had, right? Mm-hmm. Or anybody else would have had. Yeah. But my friends, my family was there to remind me that this is part and parcel of life and we have to keep moving forward, right? All of those events, I try to imagine me handling them different ways. I could have gone into depression. Let's just say I yeah. go through something, a breakup or whatever. Yep. I could have easily gone through depression. It, it, it is a probability. Yeah. Could have ended things. Mm. Could have went completely south. So many things could have happened, bro. Yeah. Right? But that didn't happen. I had my support systems right there when I needed them to remind me what is important. Mm. Right? To realign myself back to what's most important. And I keep moving forward. Right? Support systems is what you need, bro. You hang around with five bums. <laughs> Don't be surprised when you're the sixth one. <laughs> Don't be surprised. Why are you acting all, why, why are you acting surprised when you, all you're hanging around, the bunch of fellas that you hang around just wants to play land all day. Mm. And like, yeah, of course, bro. Of course, shit is not working out for you. What, what the fuck are you doing, right? Like, put yourself around people that you want to be like. Put yourself around people that you are inspired by. People that you can learn a thing or two from. People that hold you to higher standards. Mm. And that's what my friends did. That's what my family members did. Even through the darkest of Even times. Even through the darkest of times. They told me, bro, you can do better. Son, you can do better. Thumbi, you can do better. Right? And I, I get reminded like, wow, what would I do if I wasn't hearing those words at this very precise moment? What would, I, what would I do if I didn't have that? Yeah. Bro, scary, man. It's fucking scary. Because in my darkest of times, if I was hanging out with a with a drug dealer mm. or some gangster dude, yeah. they could have easily steered me. Yep. I look at my childhood friends, bro. Like I, so many people that I know that have gone down the wrong path mm. because of one or two bad influences. They just they that they just didn't know how to swerve from. It's they going just back to didn't that, know how to detach from. It's going back to the probability thing that we say. Like yeah. in the infinite number of probabilities that if you consider your life and you yeah. look at it they just went a, a different path. Yeah. But there is also the separate possibility that they could have gone a different path. 100%. Things would be different. 100%. If only they had the awareness to know what are the energies around them that are 
influencing them mm. in the ways that they're getting influenced. If only they're aware of that, maybe they would have been able to detach it. I knew from the time I was in secondary school, if I was to hang around with my with my Tamil buddies that just likes to drink mm. all night and just really have um, not big, not that big of an aim, I knew that that's not a way to go. There should be something better than that, right? Mm. I've never, I've always refrained from hanging around with people that I feel like could be bad company. Mm. And I've always chosen to put myself around people that I feel to the truest depth of my heart that can teach me something. Mm. You know? Teach me something yeah. that expands my consciousness in, in, in some ways, that, that allows me to grow in some ways, that makes me a better person, bro, because that's what we're striving towards, right? Like, yeah. Then what else are you striving for then? Like <laughs> that is the question. Like, do you do you want to be partying, getting drunk as fuck, and just like all over the place, be a mess in your forties? Mm. I don't think so, bro. Like, don't you want to progress with life as life progresses? Yeah. Don't you want to get married and have kids and settle down, have a couple of successful businesses, feed your family, bring them on a world tour, show them things that nobody else showed them? Don't you want to experience life and get the get the fullest experience that life can possibly offer you. Mm. Don't you want that? Because I want that. Because if, if you don't want that, that's fine. If you just want to live life and just die one day, I'm completely okay with that. Mm. But I know for a fact, I don't want that. So therefore, I'll do whatever that's necessary today. You know, I'll correct my behavior mm. today. One, one of my friends that is not really a good person to hang around with, I mean, I love him to death. Yep. I love him to death. But it's not a good influence to be around. He's calling me to go hang out with him at some bar. Mm. I have another friend that is a crypto millionaire that wants to have dinner and talk about the future of Web 3.0. Mm. Well, which call do you think I would answer? The second one. Second one, right? Yeah. That's a conscious decision on my part. If I would just be blindly following where the wind blows, just going wherever yeah. life takes me, yeah. I don't think I would be here. Right? There's two sides to look at it. One, Definitely. One, whatever life throws at you, just... You, you just know, meander. <laughs> right? You just meander and yeah. you don't really have a grasp on it and whatever. Two, you always have a choice on mm -hmm. who you put yourself around and what kind of influences you have and mm -hmm. what kind of thoughts you have and what kind of inspirations you have. Mm. Are those things aligning with what your spirit is desiring? Yeah. Yeah. That but is something that I questioned but it's interesting to, to to consider things of the spirit. Yeah. Because conventionally, if you were to talk to someone about anything remotely spiritual, the the association would be religion. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like we're talking about any particular religion right now. We're just talking about just being aware of yeah. your internal self. Because mm -hmm. the idea that uh one can have a rich, uh fulfilling inner life, but not show outwardly and doing things with intent and being aware of the different energies as, as, as we've spoken about. I don't believe that that is conventional uh, wisdom or knowledge. It is something that something must have happened or something perhaps traumatic must have happened that makes you put a stop to things and you realize and you think and you you pursue really these um, seeming seemingly esoteric knowledge because it is so far out of the, the, the public consciousness that, oh, um, I want to do things with intent. People say to, to do things with intent, yeah. but what does that really mean? Because 
doing things with intent doesn't mean that you just hang out with people that do not lift you up. Yeah. They they do not build your life. Stuff like that. Yeah. Well, for me, bro, like if I were to go back to the root, go all the way down to the root. Yeah. One of my biggest desires in life since I was a little boy is to be the man that my parents want me to be. The son that my parents yeah. want me to be, right? That is my biggest desire. Not to be an actor, not to be a rapper. No, no, no. That's all secondary, right? Mm. Financial freedom, fucking success in my career. That's all secondary, bro. The primary desire for my soul, as far as I can remember, is to be the son that my parents have always wanted me, wanted me to be. You know why? Because my parents, the the way they raised me and the kind of unconditional love that they presented to me, presented to my soul, is something that I will never forget. Could you explain that? As the last child of the family, mm. as the only son of the family, yeah. I got the best experience from my parents. They were elderly by the time I was born. Mm. My first three sisters didn't get the same experience as what I had yeah. growing up from my parents. They gave me all freedom to explore all of my heart's desires. Mm. They let me do whatever I like. They never once taught me from my passions. Yep. They never once told me, son, that's a big, too big of a dream. You know? Yeah. I would tell my mom things like, mom, I'm gonna go to Hollywood, like as a little boy. And my mom would tell me, son, you can do it. Mm. Son, you have it within you. You can, you got it. Right? Yeah. All I've ever heard from my parents from the time I was a little boy till now, everything, if I can really recollect in my frame of mind, mm. they've all pushed me towards my heart's desire. Yeah. And enabled me to be the guy that I've always wanted to be. Every aspect of my parents' influence in my life was towards my spiritual fulfillment. Mm, interesting. Not a single, not a single block in this entire frame that I'm talking about of my parents' influence, not a single percent was negative, dampening for the spirit, creating setbacks for me, yeah. derailing me from my actual desire of my spirit. Mm. Not None of that, bro. A hundred percent of my parents' influence or my parents' um, involvement in my life mm has always been what's my best interest. And you flourished. Right? I could have, it could have gone south too. Mm, definitely. Right? Yeah. But I flourished. I'm the man that I've always wanted to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. That is enough. I'm getting goosebumps. I'm telling you this, bro. I can cry talking to, the, talking to you about this. All of this shit that I have in my life right now, career, the, what, what, like, it doesn't matter, bro. Mm. It doesn't matter. I feel like I have done what my spirit was set on this earth to do. Is to take care of my family. You know? Yeah. And God has given me an abundance of opportunities for me to execute that. Yeah. For me to have that. Exactly mm. what my spirit was desiring. Yeah. Right? So because, coming back to your question, because this was my childhood experience, mm -hmm. so wonderful, bro. So blessed, so positive. My mom is always smiling, always loving, and always just embracing me with, yeah. with, with open arms, right? I cannot let myself be the kind of man that is not giving that back. Mm. I can never give everything back. 
whatever they gave me, I can never give all of it back. Mm. But I can try. And the only way I can put myself in the most advantageous position for me to give back to the maximum ability of my spirit is to make sure that I always be the best version of myself. If I'm not concerned with being the best version of myself, then perhaps my desire to want to give back yeah. all the things that my parents gave me, perhaps that won't be fulfilled to the best of its potential. Yeah. But if I can always make sure that I am striving towards being the best version of myself, perhaps then I'm increasing the odds of me being able to give as much back to my parents. Mm-hmm. As much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's my goal. It's a powerful internal compass to to, to hold on to that even even let's say if everything were to fall apart, this is still an internal compass that will guide Absolutely. you and to push you forward. Absolutely, bro. And I know and I know the value of of this, whatever I'm saying right now. Yeah. I, I understand the value of this. People ask me what do I want to be in what do I want to do in five years, three years, two years. I don't mind not rapping. I don't mind it. I don't mind not having any businesses. Well, I don't mind any of that, bro. Mm-hmm. To be honest, life changes. Definitely. Changes in lives is, is constant, right? Yep. I always want to be able to share this and inspire people. Because what got me here mm. is not my dream of wanting to be a big rapper one day. <laughs> None of that. None of that. Yeah. What got me here is the desire of wanting to be the best version of myself and the best son my parents could ever have. That intention led to the series of events that I can't explain through logic or intellect. It's it's interesting because to consider that, to, to consider, let's say, an individual who has the intent to be the best rapper and an individual with the intent to be the best person, the best individual that he could be, the, the, the second option is like intention with action. It inspires action, but the first one seems like a dream. And dreams they don't often come true in reality. The second one, to be the best individual. And that is a question that leads to more questions. But I just want to, let, let's say to, to, to go with the, I want to be a, a good rapper. That doesn't inspire action. At least when I were to consider it, it doesn't inspire action. Well, you can practice. Yeah. And practice makes a man perfect. Definitely. They say that, right? Yeah. I've put in a lot of practice, man, into my craft. I can't even talk about practicing on my art if I'm not focused on being the best version of myself every day. Mm. If I'm making poor choices all day and night, you think I can even afford to think about how I can get better at rapping? You, you get what I'm going? Definitely. If, if my hit frame is not in the right place, yeah. if I my, if my focus is all over the place and it's just whack. If you're intoxicated. Even. If I'm intoxicated all the time. Bro, how, how can I then even ask myself, what can I improve? Like you're already a mess. Yeah. You're already a mess. I am deep into self-help, man. Like self-help. I've been reading plenty of self-help books for the last couple of years. Yeah. You know, as part of that journey is me discovering the the guide, uh, the little guidebook of gratitude and all mm-hmm. that. All of these books that I've read, interviews that I've seen, it's all to shape my perspective on this matter to be not self-sabotaging. People walk around all day with perspectives that are super self-sabotaging and they don't even know. Could you give an example? What do you mean by that? We make choices every day that don't help us elevate. 
He just doesn't. Mm. Choosing to go out with your friends at night and get shit face. Mm-hmm. You can do that once a week. You're doing it three, four times a week. Something is wrong. Right? Yep. It goes deep, bro. Like whatever vices you have, whatever sleep patterns, depression, people are suffering, right? Yep. You look at all of that is all pointing down to one thing. There's something very deep that you need to address. Be, address. <laughs> yeah. I went, I was there. Like I, I've went through that process and I've, and I have been completely clueless about what is wrong or what is, what is eating into my spirit. Yeah. Until I detach and I just completely zoom out of things and I stop everything. I stop. And that moment came for me when I just went, I just came back from the trip to America. I was in Hawaii and yeah. in a few cities and I got the holiday that I needed and yep. the perspective that I needed. Coming back to your question, bro. Your question was, what exactly again? It's not more of a question, but it's more of a thought. Mm-hmm. It's it's important to clarify within yourself, not with anyone else, yeah. but within yourself, the intention you want to have and to methodically plan and to lead with a kind of faith in yourself. Yeah. Because going back to the idea of meandering, mm-hmm. nobody's teaching you this. Yeah. Someone... If you're actually interested, or if you're even curious, you have to navigate this seeming vastness of knowledge. And who knows if even the knowledge you're taking in is the right knowledge, the quote-unquote right knowledge, right? There's so many people saying different things. Yeah. And the idea of leading with an intention and leading with a little bit of faith in yourself and just seeing how it goes. Yeah. So I was telling you about the self-help books, yep. right? The quest for self-discovery started a couple of years ago. And me pursuing music yep. just added on to that. Mm. Like, because the process of making music is also self-discovery. Definitely. You know? And hip-hop as a genre has a certain default demand for authenticity mm. as a genre. I don't think any other genre of music share that characteristic. What do you mean by that? It demands authenticity. It demands authenticity. Because yeah. if you're being some guy that you're not, Mm. If you're rapping about things that you don't have, you know, people can see right through that, right? Yeah. Rap has always been about what is your story. Yeah. I rap in Tamil and English because that's who I am. Mm. I rap about Teka because that's where I'm from. I rap about Singapore because that's my hometown, right? I can't possibly be sitting here rapping about things that I don't see in my reality. Mm-hmm. And don't you'll be surprised if you know how many people do that, right? Mm-hmm. As a fan of rap, man, as an enthusiast of rap, there's something I've always admired about the art form, right? It's one of the truest art forms I've ever seen, rap music, and it brings people together. It stands for wonderful things like love, unity, brotherhood, celebration of life, celebration of coming out of your struggle, Yeah, you know? So, pursuing music full-time, pursuing hip-hop music full-time, just added on to that journey of self-discovery. But the learning continues, man. The The learning learning definitely continues. The learning continues, you know? Like, as I'm trying to intentionally get better at my craft, Mm. 100% of my focus is not going into that. I I have maybe 50%. Or 60% of focus going into wanting to be better. 
Mm. But I'm also aware that this feeling of wanting to be better will never go, even if I become as big as, even if I'm Justin Bieber, mm. even if I'm Kanye, bro. If I could be anybody, right? Yep. You could pick anybody in the world right now. You could be Elon Musk. Yep. I'm pretty sure Elon Musk has some things he could improve on. There's a high probability that he has right? doubts too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a high probability he's looking at how he's managing his life and he's going like, okay, you know what? This could be better. That could be better. Yep. What does this go to show? This goes to show that there will always be things to improve on. That's the human always, condition right? as we talked yeah. about. Yeah. That's why I don't want to put 100% of my energy into wanting to be better. Mm. That is human nature. That could be a trap in itself. Yes. I understand that through time, you learn. Mm. Through practice, you learn and you get better, right? 60% energy goes into that. 40% is left for the divine to come in and do his thing. What does that mean? Leave room for God to be present and to guide you. Mm. Because if you try to fucking grip onto that thing and don't want to let it go you're like oh i want this i want to get better at this i want to execute this like that and you put all that pressure on yourself you create all that friction in your heart it's not going to do you any good from your experience yeah you always need to have not too hard and not too soft of a grip mm. the moment you start to feel like you need to have a harder grip let it go you know so if you ask me That's now the two two things that you talked about, right? One yeah. is wanting to become a better rapper yeah. with intention and another is becoming a, a better, better individual. Better individual. Yeah. I'd say I have my focus on both of those things simultaneously, but I'm always leaving room for God. Mm. For God to do his thing. Cuz God always comes in, presents you with something that you would have never seen coming. Just like how I became a rapper. Mm. I would have never seen this coming. But did it change my life? Yes, it Definitely. did. Definitely. To a degree that I can't explain, it changed my life totally. Yep. Not just my life, but my family's life too. You yep. know, I'm always aware that anything that I get into, anything that I'm doing, I leave room for the divine to do its magic. It kind of changes the entire equation, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You can plan everything. Man plans and God laughs. <laughs> that is the conventional phrase right there. Yeah. Yeah. Because, bro, I know I have heard stories from people that have tried so hard like they try so hard to make something work. Yeah. Man, like just is flashing in my head right now all the stories I've heard of people just I'm um, unhappy and upset mm. that things are not working out the way they want it to work out. Mm. You know? Yeah, definitely. Now I just feel like <laughs> Man, that's just not the way to go, man. I don't think that's the way to go. So there's an acceptance of things and yeah. reality yeah. and because you may not realize it then then. But God has other plans for you and those plans will be presented to you. Mm. Maybe in a couple of years you'll have the <laughs> eureka moment, right? Yeah. The eureka moment where you realize, "Oh shit. All those things had to happen so that I can learn this so that This could happen. Yeah. Like for example, like I had to go through eight years of acting so that I can one day apply for an audition for Our Boys to Men mm. and be that one Indian guy that gets that role mm. for me to meet Faris, who then becomes my best friend, who then changes changes my life and my family's life completely yeah. with an idea that he planted in my head. Mm. Right? If at that very precise moment I was thinking to myself like 
fuck, man. Fuck that acting shit, man. I wasted eight years of my life trying to go after, trying to chase my own tail. Yeah. If I had thought that, yeah. now with the new perspective that I have, which is if I hadn't gone through those eight years, I probably wouldn't have gone for Our Boys to Men and I probably wouldn't have met Faris and my Definitely. life wouldn't have unfolded the way it did, yeah. which I'm very grateful for how it unfolded, right? Yeah. So many years after meeting Faris, I look back and I'm truly, truly grateful for those eight years that I spent as an aspiring actor. Eight years is a really a long, long time. time. I used to be resentful about it. Definitely. I think, now, I think it's a normal reaction. Yeah. yeah. But I've had the eureka moment. Mm. I understand that if it wasn't for those eight years, I wouldn't have met Faris, who is one of the most integral parts in this whole equation mm. as, as to me today. Mm. So that is what I'm talking about. You may not know it right then and then. When I met when I met Faris at our boys man, I didn't know right then and then how big of a role this guy would play in my life. God's probably laughing. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. It's crazy, yeah. bro. Yeah. When you zoom out and you you start to look at how timelines, like how the timelines come together, mm. right? How the events in your timelines come together. Yeah. And how puzzling, however puzzling it may be as it's happening. Mm. There's always that eureka moment where you go like, oh, so that had to happen for me to be here yeah. or for me to do this or whatever. And then you everything comes full circle. Yep. Right? Yeah. And there's an alignment. Yeah. Yeah. And I've experienced that one too many times. One too many times. So for me to even think like, oh, I want to fucking get this and this done. It feels foolish, bro. It feels, I feel so... I feel foolish as fuck. You're like just holding on to tight. Yeah. Like just let it go, bro. Like what the f like why are you trying you're trying to you're trying to go against nature. Mm. You're trying to go against the law of the universe. Mm. <laughs> Fam, all the best. <laughs> <laughs> all the best to you. Yeah. It's gonna be a tough time ahead, buddy. Yeah. Tough road ahead. It's gonna be really difficult if you do that. And I look around, I've seen plenty of people that put themselves through that path yeah. and suffer through, you know? Yeah. I don't want that for myself nor for my family. But that's the unfortunate thing about the human condition. We are too zoomed in, but yeah. it, uh, as a matter of fact, we should zoom out. Yes. Because when you zoom out, you realize that whatever you may be going through, however detrimental, whatever you want, it, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean And the anything. more you zoom out, the the more insignificant it, it will be. Yeah. And it, it is within the insignificance that perhaps you could find a little bit of intention and inspiration to actually move on. It sounds like as the the core thing that I got from, from what you just said is to always move forward in whatever ways that you feel is right and authentic to yourself, even though it might not make sense, even though that everything externally could be going against you, but just move forward. Yeah. And because hindsight is always 20-20. Yes, you can look back at eight years after going through it, but yeah. at any point during the eight years, you could have just given up. Yeah. Because I would imagine as an aspiring actor, having the realization that, oh, the roles in Singapore, it's hard capped. There is only so many roles at a time. It is, it is a pretty big blow to know that because of something you can't control, there's only so much opportunities you have. Yeah. And that could be quite a devastating role. But yeah. 
you went for it. You went for the audition. Yeah, yeah, I went for it. Yeah, I went for it, and I kept moving forward. Yes, but through moving forward, the perspective grows. Yeah, perspective expands. You start to see things in a way that you previously didn't see. Yeah, and that changes everything, bro. Yeah, it's not about what you see; it's about how you see it. Precisely. Right. I'm curious to know how has fame, or what has fame taught you about yourself? You are a public figure, so I'm just curious to know throughout that process of honing your craft, changing your perspective, and achieving this level of fame, what has it taught you about yourself? Taught me that a lot of people, not a lot of people, I think everybody, I think every one of us have a deep innate desire to want to be famous, to want to be loved, want to be admired, mm. want to be paid attention to. Yeah. Right? What I've learned in the last couple of years, fame is a drug, bro. It is a drug because it gives you all the dopamine that you could possibly have. Yeah. You know? You have everybody that wants to be your friend. People that used to, you know, D DJ Khaled says it. They try to kick you when it's down. They try to kick you when you're down and try to kick it with you when you're up. <laughs> well, that's perfect. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I was bullied throughout school. Mm -hmm. But as soon as one of my songs went viral, I had the same fucking bullies and same motherfuckers from secondary school that would have never in a million years sent me a text. All of a sudden, they come running. They're like, hey, man, blah, 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 blah. <sighs> same for the girls. Yeah. Same for the, the relatives yeah. that... I don't know what it is about fame, man, but it makes everybody trip. I tripped as a young kid thrown into that world. Of, yeah. You know? Yeah. I had to learn how to center myself. I had to learn what truly matters. I realized that fame is fleeting. As a matter of fact, it's one of the most fleeting things that's out there. It's like getting high. It's exactly like drinking alcohol and getting mm. high as fuck at a club. Mm. Exactly like that. When the sun comes up, nobody's there though. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> nobody's there though. They will be happy to take a shot with you, pop that bottle with you. But when that sun comes up, you are the one that's hung over. Yeah. Probably passed They're out by there. the side of the road. Probably yeah. passed out by the side of the road and they probably don't even like you. Mm -hmm. They're just there to enjoy that clout yeah. or whatever it is that they have desire for. So getting caught up in that fame happens to everybody. It's it's not possible for us to navigate through attention and fame and all of that with the wisdom of a 50-year-old or 40-year-old. You can't do that. Mm. Like, you will be dragged. Like, it is very seductive. fun and yeah. seductive, bro. Like, it is so thrilling. And it, like I said, it's like a drug. It, yeah. it is a drug, right? But, you know, I have my fair share of it. It's not like I'm super famous or anything like that, bro. I mean, in Singapore, yeah. But I've had some traction with my records. Some people know me. I've been to clubs. I've been invited to performing clubs. And I've experienced what it's like to be, like, popular, right? Yeah. I've experienced what it's like to perform in front of 5,000 people and they're all yelling out your lyrics. I've experienced that. You've got a taste of it. I got a little taste of it, right? Yeah. The lesson that I found from that is it's not important. So if you... If you are seducted, if you are, if you are like super in love with the idea of fame and being famous, it's just a matter of time before the painful blow 
hits you, which is the fact that it is all fleeting. Mm. When the, when you're hot, when you're popping and everybody's talking about you, they all want to be with you. But when you're not, one day you're not going to be. Definitely. No one stays up forever. Yeah, my friend Darren tells me, puts it perfectly, they're not going to be at your funeral, bro. Mm. They're not going to be at your funeral. So why why give it the energy that it doesn't deserve? Too many people are too in love with the idea of fame and success. Like what you mentioned initially, initially, yeah. Boy, I was. I was, bro. But as it started to fuck with my mental health, fuck with the privacy of my family when I'm outside, like, you know, whatever, whatever... um, inconveniences that I felt as somebody that is recognized. Yeah. Right? There's so many things that I have to keep a secret. Yep. It, like, whatever, the list goes on, right? Yep. And then you start to realize that it's, it's not all it is that people make it to be. I'm it's, just a person, bro. Everybody's a person. Everybody's trying to live a normal life. Like everybody's just trying to get through life. Everybody makes mistakes. Definitely. Every, nobody's perfect. You know what I mean? It's very difficult to navigate through the very normal human life that yeah. you live when everybody recognizes you especially when there's a spotlight on you yeah it's a little difficult yeah. you know but I cannot imagine what global artists have to go through I cannot imagine what Justin Bieber has to go through I would, like mine is nothing bro like we are we're talking about a country with 5 million population that's nothing bro I mean I'm not saying it's nothing I'm just saying in the grander scheme of things like I cannot imagine what an artist in America like Kanye or yeah. Lil Wayne or Drake have to go through I can't put a finger on how their mental health is like to be honest with you man because yeah. it can get real toxic the constant scrutinizing the constant attention yeah. even and the constant stream attention. of fake people Mm. the constant and steady stream of fake motherfuckers that just want to get in bed with you mm. with an agenda with what I mean pe- people everybody has an agenda everybody wants to, everybody has self-interest right definitely right everybody's trying to protect their self-interest and trying to but there's a certain level of disgusting individuals that you meet when you have something that they want mm. you know But that's it, difficult to suss out, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, get, it can be difficult to suss out. It can be. That's one of the things I hate. I hate it. Mm. And in the last couple of years, I feel like I have uh, tuned my sensibility mm. of sussing out the bullshit. So if somebody comes from a mile away, I can tell. You can smell it. I can smell it, bro. <laughs> I can smell why this guy is talking to me. I can sm- I can sniff that shit out. Yeah. I don't tell them that. Yeah. But I just maneuver accordingly, right? Because at the end of the day, I have to realign myself back to human nature. If I was in their shoes and I need whatever that I need, mm. I might do the same thing. Mm. I probably would do the same thing, right? So when I put myself in their shoes, I empathize. Mm. And that's how I ended off, right? I feel that hate. I feel the, the, the disgust when I'm experiencing it. But then when I put myself in their shoes, I realized that, damn, I'm, I may not be very different from them. The same, yeah. Same fucking thing. I deploy some compassion right there and then. And be empathetic. Yeah. And that's that's that, man. That's all I can tell you about my experience with fame. Yeah. I'm curious to know, um, do you feel pressure to create or pressure to, to, to perform because you're being put on this particular pedestal in Singapore as uh, being this force for Singaporean music. Yeah. Do you feel the pressure to to create and to constantly one-up yourself every time? Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. I do feel the pressure of 
wanting to grow my brand and wanting to make bigger songs or yeah. like bigger hits like then like i mentioned bro i just need to have the awareness to stop myself when i'm going down the rabbit hole because like i mentioned i you understand we understand that that rabbit hole is something that we don't want to go and that thought process of wanting to be better and be bigger and take things to another level will never stop mm. it will never stop bro like can you imagine i can literally be the biggest artist in the world right now and i would still be thinking of ways to leveling up like drake <laughs> yeah. like drake can stop rapping drake can retire right now jz mm. can retire right now fucking kevin hart the rock they can retire right now and be good for generations to come definitely but they're still trying to make a better hit a yeah. bigger hit a bigger movie a big you know so i you know bro it's it's not the easiest of things it's it's easier said than done but definitely. i'm coming back to support systems right mm. i'm coming back to friends and family people that you can lean on people that you can get perspective from people that you can talk to when you feel a little caught up in your little very minuscule human mind yeah. that you have fallible human mind that you have yeah. people that you can fall on lean on for strength when you're going through a difficult time reminding yourself that this rabbit hole will forever be present no matter how much you elevate and reminding yourself that the journey is so important for you to fully digest as you're moving through it because you're not trying to reach no destination bro and i realize <laughs> the fellas that have the focus set on destination they're trying to move through quick like oh what's next what's next blah, 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 as if there's an end goal exactly well, there is no end goal buddy the end goal is the you coffin you already have you already got end goal is the coffin <laughs> i was like well it's like don't take life too seriously you're never going to get out of it alive yeah. right precisely fellas are trying to one up and move to like trying to improve and get to the next level as if there's an end goal right and i have been a victim of that too like don't get me wrong i have been trapped been a victim of that mindset i've mm. been trapped in that mindset for a long time but i have to deploy awareness to know when it is when it is getting a little unhealthy you know when do i have to just pull back a little and just let the process take its time yeah when do i need to stop myself from my mind like stop stop myself from going down that that line of thinking definitely of wanting to be better and greater and understand this human nature yeah and with with the whole process of realigning my focus back to the process mm -hmm. somehow bro somehow <laughs> it just works out somehow with that intention of i just tell myself like i know my my spirit knows that i want to be better right mm -hmm. but i don't put too much pressure on that i don't try to force too much i know i want to be better one of my mantras that i've been saying for the last couple of months mm. is i don't chase i attract and everything i want in life comes to be easily that's perfect perfect and with that thinking yeah i have dreams i have bigger dreams just like everybody else would have yeah but i'm not hell bent on it like i'm trying to force it into trying to force a round peg in a square not like that mm. just let it flow man just let it flow let the sequence of events unfold at its precise intended timing and have faith that that is exactly what will happen 
I think it's interesting you use the word timing because whose timing are we thinking about? <laughs> are we thinking about our own timing? No. Are we thinking the, about someone divine, else's timing? Exactly. Divine timing, <laughs> divine timing yeah. bro. And I would imagine their conception of time will be yeah. very different from ours. Very, we count it seconds, minutes, and hours. I don't think they count like that. Nope. <laughs> That's why the whole concept of micro and macro is important. Mm. That's why it's important to zoom out and detach yourself from whatever it is that you're experiencing. Look at yourself from a third person's point of view. Yep. Find the lesson. Find the silver lining so you can grow your perspective and keep moving forward. If all you're going to do is complain and ruminate mm. on your resentments, it's not going to be helpful, is it? Because life is tough. Life is suffering, like we mentioned, right? Yeah. Macro. And Gary V, one of the guys that I love, he always talks about that. Macro. Yeah. Macro, right? Mm-hmm. You're caught up in a micro. You have all these things that you're caught up in, right? All these like little things that is bugging you. Mm-hmm. You zoom out. You look at the macro. And you realize it doesn't even matter. So something to always remember. Yeah. Yeah. So... In, in in doing my research for this particular episode, you have a particular image outside. You have a particular public image yeah. and you have a very edgy persona. Yeah. I'm curious to know, do you feel like sometimes people focus too much on that and mm. not on your craft? Because it attracts, it is very loud. Yeah. Do you feel well, that sometimes people put too much focus on that but are missing the, the craft? You know, people can focus on whatever they want to focus on. You know? Like, I'll be a fool if I'm like sitting there feeling upset. Mm. At the fact that they are focusing on things that I don't want them to focus on. Why the fuck would I want to dye my hair pink and not want them to focus on it? Right? Yep. Coming up with a edgy look was part of the game plan. What do you mean by that? I I created Young Raja, bro. That is who I created. Mm. Rajit created Young Raja. Mm. Young Raja is me. Yes. I can choose to switch him off. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is me. You're playing a role. It's like an actor playing a role. It's me. No. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's a different guy and it's Mm -hmm. like different from me. Mm -hmm. It is me. Right? Mm -hmm. That's my job though. Young Raja is my, it's a job. Mm -hmm. Young Raja is a business. Yep. There's a lot of people working with Young Raja. Yep. If I were to carry that into the private and personal sanctity of my home, or my friends, it won't be too good, right? Like, if, if you, can you imagine? Like, if I was to feel like I'm this guy that people tell me what it is. Like, imagine if I start buying into my own hype. Mm. That wouldn't be too good for Rajit. I have to detach it. When I go home, I'm Rajit yep. to my mom. I'm not young Raja to my mom. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I can be young Raja to my fans, but I need to, I need to distance that. Yeah. Right? So coming back to the question, I'm so sorry. I got lost in a train of thoughts. Your question was what again? Do you feel like it is sometimes people tend to focus too much on the image and yeah. not on your, your music, your message? So, yeah. Yeah. so when I started rapping for real, I had to give myself a makeover. Yeah, fair. Right? Yeah. I put myself together in a way that I've always wanted to put myself together, whether was it the, the fashion stuff, whether yeah. was it the, the colored hair. Yeah. All of that was my doing. I did that. Mm. And I know that Rajit may not like mm. that kind of attention or that kind of edgy stuff. Yeah. It is a part of my soul that fulfills whatever young Raja is doing. Yeah. Right? But it's not everything. My my spirit is vast, bro. Like I like my peace. I like 
I'm a spiritual person. I like my quiet time. Yeah. I need to I I created Young Raja and that is my job. And it's edgy and it's whatever people think Young Raja is. But the reason why I have to distance myself from that is because I cannot possibly let people define mm. what I am. Yeah, precisely. Right? People have too many opinions. See the problem with being under the spotlight or being a public figure is that everybody has a fucking opinion, bro. Definitely. And they're entitled to it. Yep. I'm not going to tell them anything. Mm. Like you you are entitled to your opinion just like how I am. Mhm. But the problem is though when too many people are giving their opinion on things whether it's my music or my whatever them whatever pertaining to young raja it becomes a little noisy mm-hmm. becomes a little noisy so it's people that are fo- literally bro i'm actually glad that people focus on different things because i've had people that start following me because they just thought my hair was cool okay right yeah. there are some people that follow me because they listen to my songs and they understand the lyrics and they fuck with it yeah. there are people that don't even understand tamil but they just like the song they vibe with it they vibe yeah. with it yeah there are people that saw one of my posts on explore page and thought i had a dope personality and they gave me a follow right there's so many different things different ways that people see it yeah. and that's just how it is definitely i have i have no qualms with that like whatever the reason is it is the way it is yeah. but for me what's most important is i detach myself from it because all of these different focus points and different opinions of people can get a little can fuck with your own view on yourself yeah and that is something that you have to protect you can never let an, other, an another person's opinion a person that doesn't know you Precisely. a person that has no idea who you are there's all these people that have no idea who Rajit is mm-hmm. right how can i like, like my friends is like those fellas that won't be at my funeral how could i let their opinion or their focus points dictate how i look at myself mm-hmm. and i've went down that path and i don't like it yeah. it starts to fuck with your head yeah so after distance you know it goes back to this, the the other thing we said about knowing who you are because yeah. if you don't know who you are when you enter such a business yes. you're thrust into the public eye you're yes. going to just the image i have in my head is just getting torn away by vultures yeah, because that exactly. is how a lot of the world is working today yeah. we talk about comments we talk about opinions we talk about those translates to engagement and yeah. people are looking at engagement yeah. but paradoxically it is important for anyone wanting to to go inside quote unquote the industry to 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 at least be aware that this is our business ultimately it is business. a business is a job yeah. it's a business is not your personality it could be a part of yourself yeah. but there is still a human behind we talk about Kanye and Justin Bieber yeah. i think there is a disillusionment of people when you look yeah. at them through the screen yeah. and you look at their videos and you're so enamored with their success but yeah. you yeah humanity kind of just distinguishes yeah. you don't associate them as humans they're like yeah. they could be gods yeah they could be gods they could be robots for all you care right? but because exactly. you don't you don't talk to them you just see their curated self exactly yeah. and social media doesn't help with that because you see the most polished version of people right you don't mm. see the the rotten side nobody wants to show that yep right and like what i said man like, like, what you said was very interesting because people people spirits are not unidimensional bro definitely their facets their sides is yeah. multi-layered it's very complex it's not even binary yeah. it's not like one and one it's like exactly. 1 plus 10 20 and it grows yeah young, young raja is a is a extension of me it's yeah. a part of me yeah right it's not all that i am mm. right 
that's just how it is. Yep. And for us to even go in this topic, talk about this topic, is very interesting because I struggle with peeling back the layers sometimes. Mm. You know, people have this understanding of what Young Raja is. Yep. I try my best to showcase the other facets that make me me through my social media and whatnot. Mm. I'm always exploring these avenues to show the real me. And it can be a little challenging. I always like, you know, I, I think I'm always thinking of ways, you know, because at the end of the day, I don't want people to have a, a very one-sided understanding or perspective of me. Yeah. If they just look at Young Raja and the music and just judge it for what it is. Mm. You know, it's deeper than that. Definitely. Right? It's deeper than that. Like nobody is, you can't take anybody at the surface level. Mm. But unfortunately, when you're in the world of music or you're in the spotlight, everybody takes you at the surface level and they have an opinion for it right then then. And that can be soul crushing at times. That's why it's important to detach yourself. I have this philosophy where you never lean too much into the criticism nor the compliments. Always center yourself. Because you like the compliments, bro. You're going to be crushed. You're going to be crushed when the criticism say you. You know? So that's that's one of my guiding compasses. Yeah. Yeah. So I am curious to know, how do you push yourself outside of your comfort zone mm-hmm. and ho- try something new? What has helped you get out of that because it's easy to to yes you have you have a good team around yeah and to easy to surround yourself with inspiration you 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 naturally are inclined to yeah but how do you push yourself out of that because to to just try something new to to, to venture into new ventures yeah well whatever new venture it is that i want to tap into i always ask myself if my spirit wants that right yeah that's my spirit want to open up the Pandora's box because mm-hmm. whatever world you're trying to walk into it is always a Pandora's box Definitely. it's going to be a series <laughs> of problems a series bro a whole slew of yeah. problems that's going to be presented to you and it's going to be a painstaking journey of solving one by one mm. you know through that you learn more about yourself and learn more about that world that you're walking into right so I've always been interested in fashion I've always been interested in F&B. I've always been interested in rap. Mm. I jumped into these worlds with people that I can trust and people that I can hold hands with, mm. you know? And through that trust and through that faith in in the people and in the support systems that I have, whether it's in the music or whether, whether it's in the different areas different fields that yep. I try to put myself in, yep. right? They're all out of my comfort zone and they all take tremendous effort yeah. for me to, uh, you know, uh, execute or yep. like uh, see them come to fruition, right? Yep. But the equation changes when you have people to guide you. And too many people today are afraid to ask. Interesting. Too many people are afraid to ask, bro. I met most of my friends through just asking people around, like, who do you think I should work with? Mm-hmm. I met Darren through an IG story. What? <laughs> could, could you share that? Literally. Yeah. <laughs> I, 
a dream of mine yeah my recent a, a recent dream of mine has been to start my own fashion label yeah my own luxury slash streetwear clothing line or yeah. label right yep yeah. and i was looking for people to work with because i don't know jack shit about making t-shirts i i know how to rap but <laughs> I, I need somebody to work with, right? Yeah. I've always believed in the idea of partnerships because you have, you know your strengths and you also know your weaknesses. Mm. If you don't know how to delegate people the weaknesses that you have, yeah. if you don't know how to delegate and get people that are better at the things that you're weak at, yeah. then it's going to be an equation very that's very hard to solve, right? Yeah, yeah. So I understood that I need to partner up with somebody just like how I partnered up with Zeke to... Mm. To make the songs that I made, yeah, right. Yep. I posted an IG story saying, "Hey, I'm looking for people that are in the t-shirt business. If you know anybody, send this to them or like reply to this DM." There were hundreds of DMs. I can imagine. Yeah. I only opened one. And what? That was, I only opened one. <laughs> yeah. I, I read all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw one, which was a DM from Darren's brand. Mm-hmm. called a hit co that has been running for a couple of years very successful very big in america god bless him for that yep opened the message and saw what i saw arranged a meeting the next day that's it and i'm sitting there at his warehouse and he he tells me bro you can ask my staff i knew you were going to reply What was that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I swear to God, I have no idea, bro. That's a I, divine. <laughs> if I had kept my mouth shut and just quietly thought to myself, yeah, one day I'm going to mm. start a t-shirt brand and just like, next thing you know, five years go by and nothing has happened. Not, nothing has happened. Yeah. But I've never been afraid to ask. I've never been able never been afraid to just tell people what I want or what I what it is that I'm going after because what I've come to learn is that people are willing to help. Too many people think that people are fucked up. Yeah, there are fucked up people there, but if you keep focusing on the people that do you wrong, then you're going to think that everybody's there to get you. you everybody's there if yeah, you miss out, bro, because there are good people in this world that are trying to create and build and elevate just like you. Mm. And there are people out there that are constantly looking for ways to help others, right? There are good people in this world. I believe I believe that I read in this book of the, the the gratitude book, right? Yeah. They had this little lesson, like a like a like a practice. Most people would be wary of others, right? Wary of yeah. others that are trying to get them or Definitely. trying to cheat them or yeah. fuck them over. Yeah reframe that understanding reframe that view into thinking that most people are there to help you most people are there to see you flourish and see you do good in life most people of course there'll be some that are fucked up but fuck that yeah that is a matter most people are there to help you to work with you to build with you to elevate with you to create with you so on and so forth yeah ever since i read that i've never been afraid I have a cafe now, bro. Yeah, you're saying. <laughs> like three months ago, I was posting on IG stories asking people for help. Like, hey, do you know where I can get a container? Where I can get a graffiti artist? Yeah. Do you know anybody? Like, literally, like literally posting things. 
I have a full ass motherfucking cafe right now. In the worst of times. In the worst of times. I've yeah. somehow the universe manifested and aligned the things from my IG stories to now it being real. Like meeting Darren through the IG story. Now we have put out like three collections. Tight. And yeah. we ship globally. We have we've had plenty of plenty of uh, people that that fuck with the brand and great people celebrities some of my closest friends genuinely fuck with the brand and it's real now that's what i'm saying a couple of months ago these were just ideas in your head in my head yeah in his head yeah now it's real yeah. it's tangible i can touch it i can feel it wow how the fuck did that happen i don't know mm. right but if i can boil it down to one thing that has been constant throughout i was never afraid bro Never afraid to ask, because what could they say? No, all right, I have no problem with rejection, because I used to get rejected all the time at auditions. Yeah, nine out of ten, or a better better ratio would be nineteen out of twenty times was rejection. Mm. One out of twenty was like, yeah, yeah, you get the role, not because you're talented though, because you fit the. You fit the bill. The token minority, oh, you know, it's terrible. So my tolerance for rejection is pretty pretty high. I, yeah. I would like to think so, right? So yeah, like rejection, yeah, that's child's play for me. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's beneficial or it's even helpful for any creative, anyone really, 100%. to have that that thick skinness to actually go and just ask? You gotta have. Skin that is thick enough for you to protect yourself. Skin thin enough for you to feel. Mm. Got to get the right amount of thickness. If it's too thick, that's a problem because yep. now you're completely, like you're buying to you yourself. Yeah, you yeah. can't <laughs> feel anything now. Yeah. You're, if it's too thin, now you're getting hurt for every fucking thing, and now you, you're like crippled. Yep. It has to be just nice. You got to develop the kind of thick skin that is specific to the environment that you're in. Specific to the reality that you're presented with, right? Through the years of trying to be an actor, yeah. Through the years of meeting all these disappointments and yeah, re resentments and yep. rejections, all of that, yeah, has allowed me to build a slightly thicker skin, mm. and that is important, bro. That is important because you can see rejection as a failure. Yeah, definitely. Right? Yeah. So, like I said at the very beginning of this podcast, right? Are you able to move from rejection to rejection, from failure to failure, without losing your spirit? Mm -hmm. Because if you can, my friend, you're gonna have a very fruitful, meaningful life. Because this is this is one of the most important things I've learned this year, bro. What is it? You'll have no idea what sweet is if you have never tasted bitter. Precisely, I fully agree with that. You yeah. have no concept of a high if you have never tasted rock bottom. Yeah, right. How do you then contextualize it? Exactly. If all your life you've had sweetness and wins and glory. Story of Buddha, bro. Hmm. You know. Yeah. You need the lows. 
to set the highest in context. It's funny that way, isn't it? Yeah. It's how it is. It's just, yeah. it's just how it is, yeah. bro. And, and it's, it's, it baffles me that people think that life is all linear and mm. like all you're going to have is success and goodness, right? But life is ups and downs, lefts and rights and fucking shit. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. But it all boils down to what perspective you have through it all. Yeah. You know? If you are crippled by the lows and if you are ecstatic with the highs, my friend, I don't think you are equipped. Because mm, it's way too much, isn't it? Way too much. You yeah. let you let the, the lemons that life throw at you, you let them kill you. You're supposed to take the lemons and do something with it. Mm. But you allow the lemons to kill you, to cripple you. Nah, that's not what you want. You got to make lemonade out of the lemons, Definitely. bro. Definitely. <laughs> make some dope-ass lemonade. Yeah. Open up a stand outside your house. Sell them for five bucks. Yeah. Done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that perspective has helped me a lot, bro. It's like understanding how important the lows are, yeah. right? When you contextualize the lows, you can very easily contextualize the highs. Yeah. But when you understand neither are permanent and they always fluctuate, now you are just... You, you're just taking them as they come. Yeah. And with a fine-tuned perspective, you're able to navigate all through that. And I'm not saying this as if I've lived 60, 70 years of life and spilling all that wisdom onto you. It's just what I know. It's Definitely. just what I believe. Yeah. It's just been my path so far. It's been my learning so far. Yeah. And these are my personal beliefs. And this is what I think, man. That's all. And everything is fluid. I'm certain if you have this conversation yeah. two years later, it will be different. Yeah, it will be because different. Because you have 100%. learned... Yeah, across the span of two years, yeah. and it will inform a different perspective. You have hundred percent. Yeah, we like my sister calls it lifelong learning. <laughs> that is true. Lifelong, lifelong learning. learning. Yeah, <laughs> lifelong learning all the way, bro. You're gonna learn till you die. Like, yeah, my dad is seventy three, bro. He's mm. a teacher. He's still learning. Mm. I was just, today. He was reading through this new secondary to secondary two math syllabus book. Yeah, trying to learn new uh, the, trying to learn the new syllabus he's 73 that's insane he's yeah. a tuition teacher he teaches tuition yeah he's trying to be up to date with mm. the the syllabuses right he doesn't have to bro but he, he could just retire but it gets him going it's fulfilling for his spirit so he loves it right yeah Th that's dope that's fucking dope if my dad at 73 can still be enthusiastic about learning and i look around i see fellas my age 23 24 who lost all their mm. drive and desire to want to be better, want to grow. I don't know how to, I don't know how to fuck with that. I can't fuck with that, bro. I mean, yeah. all I can do is, all I can do is hold them in compassion. Mm. Right? Because everybody's trying to figure things out. Everyone has their own Everyone journey. Everyone has their own journey. Yeah. Hold them in compassion. And that is how you hold yourself in compassion. How you treat yourself is how you treat others. Yeah. Right? If I can look at you and be infuriated or disgusted or like some negative fucking feeling arises when I see somebody else do something, it's probably reminding me of yourself, of myself. <laughs> it's probably reminding me of the ugly parts of myself that I tried so hard to keep away from the world. Mm. That's why people get triggered. Definitely. That's why people get angry. Yeah. That's why people get such intense emotions that come out, outbursts, yeah. right? It's like a reaction. It's a reaction. Yeah, something bro. happens and it's, it's a snap reaction. Snap reaction. Yeah. But this is another thing that I practice every day and it's a conscious practice. As you meditate and as you think of the people that you know and as you just think of people in general, as, mm -hmm. you, as your eyes are closed. Mm -hmm. 
as you remind yourself that everybody's on the same spiritual journey as you are and everybody that everybody has their own timelines definitely journeys, right yep. and you may just be like that person if you were given the same circumstances in life yeah one of my favorite clinical psychologist Jordan Peterson talks about Nazi soldiers mm. and how he's able to empathize with these soldiers that did heinous things like young terrible men. things yeah. young men that did terrible things but he poses a question to all of us if we were put in the exact same circumstances World War 2 1940s Germany yeah. under the rule of Hitler yeah. how sure are you that you wouldn't be this wouldn't be wouldn't act the same way as they did how sure are you because i can tell you right now that you will 100% mm. act that way agree yeah. on a psychological perspective right yeah. so taking that into consideration taking the fact that human beings we are all just a product of our environment we are all shaped by our circumstances and we are all suffering and maneuvering through this life of suffering with whatever tools whatever perspective whatever blessings god has given us yeah. right if i see somebody or oh, like coming back to thinking about people when you're in that state of meditation or when you're just thinking of humanity you remind yourself of this fact that everybody is going through the same spiritual journey as yours they all have their own timelines when you can look at them and hold them in compassion you hold yourself in compassion mm. you reverse that right when you feel fucked up about yourself right yep. all these deep disgusting thoughts about yourself when you think about your weaknesses yep. that little voice in your head that is yapping away that's saying oh raji you suck you could be better you're not the guy you think you are ba 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 i dig it all out I ask myself, I ask that little voice, what else do you have to say? Tell me everything. I want to know it all. Mm. And then I sit with it. I sit with it all, bro. Mm. In the state of meditation, I sit with it all. All the ugly, disgusting thoughts, the fleeting thoughts about my weaknesses, my insecurities, the the the, the dark parts, the, the the bad parts that I don't want people to see. Yeah. I sit with it all and I hold myself in compassion because I understand the human being's are not perfect. Yep. Human beings are not perfect. Yeah. We all have weaknesses. We're all trying to be better. But the bad parts of me make me me just like how the good parts Definitely. do. Definitely. Yeah. Right? Highs and lows as we mentioned. Highs and lows. Yeah. So, I think about people and I think about holding them in compassion while holding myself in compassion. If some if something in them is pissing me off or is getting a reaction out of me yeah that is me getting reminded of my ugly parts so if i can learn how to hold myself in compassion and my ugly parts in compassion perhaps i can hold you in compassion yeah so now i doubt i will react like how i would have when i was 18 yeah right definitely that has been one of my one of the biggest lessons this year thanks yeah. to my sister for sharing that with me that is the idea i mean the idea of multiple selves in the individual mm -hmm. I, i don't think it's common knowledge mm -hmm. idea that you have a shadow self that all these kind of come out from 
yeah. isn't common knowledge. And the idea that you the ultimate the, the the next step to that is you have to integrate it because if you lose that part of yourself, you're not whole. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is so integral to integrate, yeah. and in a sense, it isn't a good or wrong thing. Mm-hmm. It is just human nature. It's only because we place a moral judgment on these particular feelings or these particular actions, on these particular thoughts. Hence, that's why it is bad. But internally, I don't think they are, the internal self is talking, oh, this is a good thought, this is a bad thought. They are just thoughts. Yeah. It's just human nature, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just exactly. about accepting that that piece of yourself and yes. moving forward together with it. Yes. And in hand, really. Yeah, exactly, bro. Because people try to create friction, like what I said. You have these this little voice that's reminding you of all your ugly parts. And what do you want to do? Straight instinctual thing that you want to do sweep it under the carpet yeah. don't want to listen to it run away from it yeah. try to drown yourself out try to whatever whatever some people are so crippled by their the bad sides of them that they would do drugs and it spills out yeah it spills out they <laughs> yeah. become they become alcoholics they, yeah. it manifests into their reality in ways that they cannot fathom right and that is we, we see it all the time that Definitely. is a part of reality yeah right yeah man it's interesting how, how things are, isn't it? Yeah. Like you, you can go through schools and life and learn amazing things, but there is also another side to it that mm-hmm. it's, it's something you have to pursue yourself. Yeah. Something you have to be curious about. Maybe you hear something. I, I think it's funny how information kind of gets translated to this thing called insight. Yeah. Like you, something you might have heard years ago, it suddenly comes into your head and you're like, oh, this is interesting. And because we have the technology to do it, we go and research it and it yeah. leads you down a different path. And going back to what we said, we never know what paths we're being led on yeah. until we have the benefit of hindsight and we look, okay, oh, this had to happen and that had to happen and hence I'm here. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. so interesting. <laughs> yeah. And it's all, everything we'll be talking about, every single thing that was shared in this conversation today, bro, can all be fit into the topic of self-discovery. Mm. You know, people are trying to go out. People want to go out. Go in, bro. Go in. Sit with yourself. Yeah. Sit with your thoughts. Understand yourself. Why are you like this? Why are your weaknesses as such? Mm. Why do you have these thoughts? Why do you even want success? Why do you want, why do you even <laughs> want success? What is your root? You know, and if you can ask these questions in a very vulnerable, unadulterated, honest way, Hmm. that would do a great deal for your, for your movement forward in your journey, your spiritual journey. Yeah. As, As we wind down the conversation, I'm curious to know how has Singapore affected your craft? Thanks to the internet, I don't think there was any ceiling caps or whatever mm. that was that w- was was felt as if like it was a constraint or like a restriction uh, for me to put myself out there. Yeah, you know, because I'm one of those very rare guys that got to experience virality, mm. right? a taste yeah. of virality. Yeah, and it wasn't just uh, localized to Singapore alone. It was with Malaysia and, mm. and people from around the world, like. They got to know thanks to the internet. Yeah. That's how connected we are today. Yeah. But little did I know that our journey, our artistic journey, the launch of our careers, Farajaba, myself, MO3 Records, with yeah. 
whatever we did in the music scene the last couple of years, little do we know that that will set a ripple effect of younger musicians that now see that it is possible, mm. right? Because before we pursued it, like when we wanted to pursue it, we weren't looking at anybody in Singapore. There was no one? But the, I mean, of course, we have our OGs. We have Sheikh oh, Heikel. Definitely. We have my brother, Sugar Shea, mm. Lion City Boy. They've been, they've been rapping and mm. they've been, um, you know, kind of been a practitioner of, of rap. And yeah. it's something that I love and respect and, and honor, right? Yeah. And, and more power and more love to those guys, man. Like, those are my guys. But when we wanted to create music in Tamil and English mm. and for Faris to do it in Malay and English and he wanted to dance and he wanted to sing, it, we, at that time, we felt like it was a very original blueprint. Like, yeah, yeah, we, we have our inspirations. We have our guys that we are inspired by and have always been inspired by, right? But when it came to being an artist or pursuing music here in Singapore, yeah. I don't think we had our guys to look at and be like, okay, that's who we want to be like. That's This is who we want to be like. Yeah, yeah. We couldn't set our eyes on anyone in Singapore. Mm. We had dreams way, way bigger. Like we, we wanted international. We wanted to go. We wanted to pop off. We wanted to put Singapore on the map. We yeah. had all these crazy ideas. Yeah. Little did we know that the launch of our careers set forward a ripple effect of younger artists, younger musicians now thinking that being a musician in Singapore is a very possible thing, mm. right? It set out this wave of encouragement, unspoken encouragement and yeah. unspoken validation to that little 17, 16-year-old boy that wants to be a rapper. Yeah. He now sees the fact that, holy shit, National Day Parade has rappers. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> holy shit. Like, and, 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 they're not lame. Mm, it's not no lame shit. It's not yeah. no like, you know, you know what I mean. It's I like, yeah. it's, it's cool. It's pretty cool. I think it's cool. I mean, it's cool to me. Yeah. If it's cool to me, I'm pretty sure it's cool to somebody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? We didn't foresee that, you see. Now, fast forward five years later, there are so many rappers here, bro. That's great. In Singapore now. Yeah. So many. And I'm surprised. Where were these guys? Mm. Where were they five years ago? How come there was nobody? How come everybody was in the indie game and everybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How come nobody came to the surface? Like, how come I didn't get to see these guys at any events? But how come now they're everywhere? Like, now there's a suddenly a, a scene that's brewing and it's, it's feeling like something's going to pop up anytime and it feels like the next big act is going to pop up anytime. Yeah. Now it feels like it is way more possible to have a Singaporean festival. Mm. A, a, Singa a, a festival made by Singaporeans, for Singaporeans, the entire lineup are musicians from Singapore and people from all over the world fly down to see that. Just like how we would want to fly down to Coachella to watch. That's incredible. Right? Yeah. How come right now it feels like it's way more feasible of an idea when five years ago that felt like a dream that would take eternity, like take a whole ass fucking eternity to reach. That's always the conversation about Singapore, isn't it? Right. I mean, we, we try and we aspire to be this creative yeah. hub, but yeah. I mean, the conversations from when I was in school and everything is like, 
it's difficult to to make it in the arts. It's difficult yeah. to be a creative because there's just no money. Yeah, yeah. There's no money and there's no support systems. Yep. So shout out coming back to my guys, Zeke, Fly School, mm. who saw me and Faris and decided to roll the dice and sign us to his indie label, MO3 Records, yeah. who then made the very ingenious move to get into a joint venture deal with his buddies out in Kuala Lumpur, mm. who ran Cartel Records together with Sony Music Malaysia. Wow. Right? Yeah. So Zeke's approach to execute his plan was to bring us from Singapore. He understood that Singapore is lacking that infrastructure to support musicians and especially rappers. Yeah. So he took us to the route, connected us to Cartel Records, who were who are and have been very established in Malaysia. Yeah. And the hip hop scene in Malaysia is huge. It's super fleshed out. It's been around since the 90s and wow. it's thriving. Yeah. Right? They yeah. have their own thing going on. So Zeke brought us to Malaysia, linked us up with the right guys. And next thing you know, everybody started to take note mm. of the fact that these two Singaporean boys are doing this and this and that in Malaysia. Right? Now Singapore has no choice but to Embrace like, you guys. Hey, <laughs> what are you guys doing there? Yeah. Well, w- why don't you come on here and, and mm. do some stuff here too? What's the matter of time? It was just a matter of time before that started to happen. Mm. Right? Why, why I tell you this part of the story is because if Zeke didn't have that perspective at that time, mm. if Zeke didn't know how to navigate that, if Zeke didn't know how to get us to the support system that we need, yeah. all of this wouldn't have happened. That one thing that Zeke did. Set off a chain of events. Set off a chain of events. Now we got Dev Jam Southeast Asia. Now we got Universal Music Singapore signing rappers, bro. Wow. Wow. How did that happen? <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That, bro, like it's never happened, bro. It has never happened in the history of local music. Mm. We have never had mainstream rappers. But for some reason, now we do. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's something we never saw coming. So I'm curious to know what excites you if you were to look at the Singapore creative scene right yeah. now, we look one or two years out. Yeah. What excites you about it? When I think of all that we can bring to the table, all that we can offer as Singaporeans with all the cultures and languages that we speak. Yeah. When I just think of how much there is in store, right? For us to share with the world. That excites me, man. That fucking pulsates through my my heart. Like every time I think about that, because yeah. every time I meet a foreigner and I tell them I'm from Singapore, they either question where Singapore is yeah. or they get completely blown away when they find out that Singapore is a multiracial city mm. and we have a couple of national languages. Yep. Right? Yep. A couple of languages accepted. Yep. And celebrated as a country. Yep. They get baffled when they know that. All these little things that make Singapore unique. When they come to know of it, it is often met with a surprise. With a, huh? With a, what? Whoa, I've never been to Singapore, right? Yeah. So now that we have a music scene that is thriving more, a music scene that is bubbling up. Yeah. I can't help but to think of a future, a, a potentially near future, where 
the creative scene, right? The creative scene, not just the music scene, the creative scene. Mm. All creators from all facets. I can't help but to think what kind of an impact we could have, not just for Singapore, but on a global standpoint. Mm. What kind of impact we can have when we all come together? Because you see, what's happening now is every individual industry is having its revolution so to speak mm. right the music scene is getting revolutionized right now people are starting to see that music is something you can pursue in singapore yeah the same thing is happening in the nft space yep. the same thing is happening in the design the graffiti the yep. dj the Precisely, b-boy yeah. the skater yeah. the so on and so forth yeah it's happening everybody is seeing all these different avenues as possible ways to lead your life if that's where your spirit lies mm-hmm I can't help but to think what Singapore's creative scene would look like if everybody came together. Holy shit, bro. That's exciting. So the game's finally getting started. The game's finally getting started. And we didn't have that. We had little pockets of people that were trying to see their vision come to fruition. But we needed a systemic change. And I feel that the systemic change is in effect. Mm. It's an effect right now because people are starting to take note of the original thinkers, the fellas that dared to dream, mm. the fellas that just didn't give a fuck. Mm. People are taking note and they are celebrating it to say the least. Yeah. They're embracing it. Yeah. As far as I know, my country is embracing me with open <laughs> arms. <laughs> yeah. My country is embracing this Boy, first generation Singaporean, whole family from South India, immigrant family, embracing me with open arms, bro. Yeah. Fuck. The best is yet to come, really. Right? Yeah. So I look at all my friends and everybody's excited. Everybody's, their eyes are wide, bro. Everybody's, the eyes light up when they think of where we are moving towards. And we are all hopeful that there will be a day where people from all over the world will know what a Singaporean artist is. Mm -hmm. And when I was mentioned on Jimmy Fallon, the biggest takeaway from that, the thing that made my heart sing, bro, wasn't the fact that he played my song, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. It was the first three seconds when he said, this is Singaporean rapper, Young Raja. I paused the video right there and I cried. Wow. I didn't have to finish watching the video mm. because I have met so many people in my life that didn't even know where fuck where the fuck Singapore is. Exactly, and it makes you question, right? It makes you makes you think, like, wow, like, am I from a place that unknown? Mm. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, Singapore is a city, like mm. it's an advanced city. How could people still ask me if it's in China? Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, right. Messes up with your identity. Messes mm. up with what you feel about your country. Yep. Jimmy motherfucking Fallon introduced me as Singaporean artist. It's so powerful. He could have said Indian artist. He mm. could have said Southeast Asian artist. Yeah. He could have said anything, bro. He said Singaporean artist. That is enough. That is enough, bro. We, we my, my personal mission, and I'm pretty sure it is the same mission that my boys share. Yeah. Our personal mission is to put Singapore on the map and to show the world that we have everything 
that you are looking for. Mm. We don't need to look at K-pop yep. or America yep. or anywhere else. That's always been a narrative, isn't it? Right? Yeah. Or you go to America, you make it big. I have... I've lost count of the number of people that told me to go to India and make it big there. I have a better odds at making it big there. Mm. When I was an aspiring actor, how many producers, directors, talents that told me to go to India to have better chances, bro? Do you know? Man, so many people, bro. You'll be, mm. you'll be surprised at how many people think that way. Why the fuck do I need to go to India when this is my country? Precisely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And those people that think that, I, I, will, I empathize. But at that moment when they said it, I can't help but to think, eat a dick, motherfucker. Mm. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Eat a dick. Yeah. I don't need to go to India. But now I've, now I've, I've, I've learned how to handle <laughs> that. If that's their perspective, yeah. all power to them. Yeah. More power to them. I hold their perspective in compassion, right? If that's what they thought is the way to move up the ladder, right? I have to go make it big somewhere else. For my country to celebrate me we look at this we we, we, we have seen that mm. artists that become big they go to another country they become way bigger and now singapore tries to claim them yep singapore tries to get them back and celebrates them yep yep, yep. And it's just been the way but i'm not trying to say anything bad about it it's yeah. just been the way it's just and the way the game has been played yeah and, yeah and people can't help but to buy into that narrative yeah but i want to challenge that narrative why can't there be a celebrity homegrown and it's big from here not some guy that went out and became big outside first mm. and then your country starts to celebrate why not we get celebrated right here right where i'm from yeah right in my city in my neighborhood yeah exactly <laughs> right yeah why 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 not i, I want to challenge that i wanted to challenge the status quo that's why in my songs i talk about my city proudly bro yeah Proudly, I say the word Teka, I say Singapore, I say my brother's names, the guys that I grinded with. Mm. I talk about these guys because this is my story and I'll never change that narrative. Just because you think I have to go to India and make it big for me, for my city to celebrate, I'm not going to change. It's interesting. Narrative. Like there is an old way of doing things, but right now it seems like there is a new way of doing things. Yeah. And we'll see how this goes. Yeah. It's exactly. exciting. It's yeah. exciting. We we'll see That's how this goes. I'm coming back to this, right? Because the journey has... It's been a long fight, bro. Yeah. It's been a long fight. It's been a really long fight. For rap music, me as a rapper, it's been a couple of years, but for me to want to pursue the creative industry, the media industry, yeah, that started when I was 12. Exactly. I'm 26. Yeah. It's 14 years. Yeah. And to finally be at a place where I can... Make change. Show my yeah. I can. I can. I don't. I don't have to say anything. Mm -hmm. My career and the good work that my team and I have done, that we are very proud of, is a testament to all that we have always believed. I don't need to say another motherfucking word to anybody, bro. You know that's how yeah. I feel. Yeah. I don't need to say a word. The work that we have done, my team and I everything that we have created in the last couple of years and everything that has transpired in the last couple of years, that is testament to the fact that we can shake shit up from right here. Yeah, it's powerful. It's conviction right there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to be here as long as God 
decides to put me here and I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to inspire the youngins. Yeah. Inspire the next generation of artists. Tell them that it is possible. Show them the way. Show the light. Yeah. Shine the light. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. My last question for you is, what does it mean to you to be a creative today? What does it mean to me to be a creative today? It means that I am fortunate beyond measure. Mm. Because if you're a creative, it's most likely because you're passionate about it. Yeah. And it's your dream. Yep. I've never met a creative that was forced by their parents to become one. <laughs> that is quite true. Right? <laughs> Have you ever met a creative that- That is very true. <laughs> that- was is a creative because all their cousins are creatives and their parents forced them to be creative i doubt it bro that is very true we are asians bro we are southeast asians all of our parents want us to become doctors lawyers engineers for the stability yeah for the stability that's just how the asian mind thinks yeah all power more power to the asian mind yeah. not trying to discredit or, or dampen th their spirits i mean that's just how it is yeah it's been that way it came from a different time always and new ways yeah came from a different world yeah and we have to empathize with that. Definitely. But you see, in a world that naturally has so many barriers and so many restrictions and so much friction mm. with the idea, towards the idea of being a creative, what that means, being a creative, what does it mean? Following your dreams, doing what you like the world we are in right now or the place that we are at right now it's crazy when you start thinking of how much is restricting mm. so the invisible barriers isn't it visible barriers right yeah not only do you have the stigma that oh if you do this you won't be successful yeah but not only is there the stigma, the negative stigma, mm. there's these concrete beliefs that has been passed down from generation to generation that have now led to our parents telling us, son, you got to get a degree, son, yeah. you got to be a, this and that, right? Yeah. It is already a fucking war to make the decision that you want to follow your dreams. Yeah, definitely. Like, let's not even talk about following your dreams, bro. Let's not even talk about that. Let's just talk about the decision that you make your, that you make to yourself that, mm -hmm. hey, okay, that little conversation you have to have with yourself. Okay, Rajit, from here on forth, you're going to pursue music. This is it. Let's go. I had that conversation myself, right? Yeah. Just to get to that level, it was a fucking war. Mm-hmm. It was a war within and it was a war externally as well. Yeah. All these people giving their opinions, sharing their two cents <laughs> on what they think the future would look like for yeah. a local artist, for a Tamil artist, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Right? Yep. But praise God, bro. Praise the Lord. He planted the right people. He led me to the right people, the right energies, the right spirits that guided me. And 
allowed my intention of wanting to be a creative allowed it to come to fruition mm. in a couple of years without them i don't think i'll be here the divine the di- the hand of the divine guided everything right while i am able to share this reality with you i look around throughout that entire process i looked around and i saw peers friends of mine deeply resentful that they didn't have the kind of outcome that they desired Mm-mm. also creatives also similar industries yeah why is that why 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 don't they they're more ta- more talented than me more sk- more skilled more resources mm. more everything i would no way say that I, i'm here because it's because of my talent i would i can't say that because i know friend i i have, I have friends mm. that are so talented bro like insanely talented yeah. way more talented and have spent so much more time yeah spending crafting like sharpening their craft but they don't have a desired outcome why is that i don't know mm. i don't know and i and i don't want to go down that rabbit hole but what i'm trying to say is all i can contextualize this is with my journey definitely and how my journey has been the last couple of years praise the lord bro i am so fortunate to be put in a place where i can do what i love mm-hmm. with people that i love and enjoy every step of the way with all of my heart not a single ounce of resentment not a single ounce of friction not a single ounce of my spirit wanting to complain that mm. it could be that way yep. how would it be like if it's this way yeah. like you know definitely i'm constantly aware of the fact that i am very fortunate i know people way more skilled than me mm. who have spent way more time at their craft than me this better I mean every way possible yeah. and i can tell you that with no ego mm. and i know them personally bro but life doesn't work out the way We they want to work out yeah <laughs> and and that's just facts yeah. like i'm not here trying to paint you a story that is false bro that's facts that is facts yeah so i look around at all that how could i not acknowledge the fact that i'm blessed to be here yeah because i have like what six songs mm seven songs i don't have an album yet yeah like i, I just started bro you just, just started. started yeah we, we just got started my, yeah. my my friends and i we just got started but look at what god is blessing us with mm-hmm. right how could i not call this fortunate bro gratitude how could i not be grateful for this yeah motherfucker is looking at me like i'm crazy for always talking about gratitude well i would love for you to see what's happening in my life i would love for you to see the smile on my mom's face I would love for you to see how my friends and I celebrate. Yeah. The you awareness know? is so in tune and so special. The awareness that Bro. yes, it's not because of my talent or my individual individuality, but there is something shaping and moving. Yes. Yeah. The divine, the hand of the divine is there, bro. That's why I'm here sitting right in front of you talking to you about this. Yeah. I could have died. Precisely. Something could have happened. Definitely. My career may have not taken off. Like mm. so many possibilities. So many I could have just been one of those guys that tried to become somebody and then just disappeared. Yep. A million 
infinite possibilities but here i am sitting in front of you i just had a song with snoop dogg that just came out yep wow <laughs> that is that is insane <laughs> right yeah and i rapped in tamil on that song powerful fellas don't even know what tamil is they think there's only one indian language they think there's only hindi mm. or they think there's only bollywood and i'm here saying teka and long beach we're unified and i'm saying stuff like this for my city manad hitting hitting out of the park singapura i have all these words that i have included in that verse the powerful anthem right there bro you see how it is all coming full circle i'm sharing that with you because that is one of that, that has been that is the one of the greatest highlights of my career so far and i i'm so i'm so happy that it happened yeah but while i tell you that let me also remind you that i had zero i had zero it, it was none of my doing mm. how it happened like this opportunity to be on a track with one of my idols Snoop Dogg it was none of my doing zero as a matter of fact zero that's what it is yeah i didn't try to get on an album i didn't i, I didn't do anything bro it yeah. just it just came it just came it just happened yeah how did that happen i don't know i can apply the same question to a million other things that has happened in my career since i started yeah a million other things and i don't have the answers but one thing i know for a fact it wasn't my doing they asked me to write a verse i wrote a verse yeah i sent it they liked it and the song happened right i did what i had to do when i was asked to do it yeah but i can't possibly go around acting as if all of this was my doing bro mm. that is heinous as fuck i can't do that cuz i that's not the truth that's not if i were to go around and act like i, I did all this <sighs> bro you're just going down a different path altogether yeah why i'm sharing with you all these things the fact that i'm highlighting these wonderful moments in my life and my career is to let you know that these were not my doing to let you know that the the hand of the divine was always present and is always present whether is it the blessings of my ancestors mm. or the prayers of my parents or the good intentions of my my peers yeah the good energy that's always around me i don't know what you would want to categorize it as or look at it as yeah. but it's undeniable that the divine is present definitely has yeah. been present and is present and will continue to and be will present continue to be present and it's it's up to me whether do I whether do I want to acknowledge that or not yeah you know yeah because when you start looking and you start taking and you, as as we mentioned before you start believing your own hype and everything's because of me then you are losing sight of the macro picture isn't it exactly but god can take everything away if he decides to definitely anytime yeah gone mm-hmm. in a blink bro we have seen that happen one too many times one too many times one too <laughs> many times that's a powerful powerful story 
before we end, I'm curious yeah, to know, is there anything else you would like to talk about? Man. I'm thinking, bro. What do I want to say? I think it's important that we have conversations like this with one another. Mm. I have conversations like this with my friends all the time. And I'm only able to do that because I chose the company that I keep. Definitely, yeah. I just wish more people are aware of the energies that are around them and how that influences and impacts their spirit. And with that awareness, if we can make some conscious decisions on keeping the company that helps us move forward in our spiritual journey by constantly growing and elevating, I feel like we will definitely collectively increase the odds of us being where we want to be. That being said, God has his plans. But still, but yeah. still, within our power, at least we make sure that we leave no stones unturned. We are part of the equation too. We're part of the equation. And you have that power to shape your surrounding. And I just wish that more people, especially young people, teenagers, they're aware of that. Just to have that awareness. And, and we, we need to have more conversations like this on a day-to-day. -day. Start talking, start digging. Yeah, and the fact that you do this, <laughs> the fact that you do this on your podcast, bro, I have so much love and respect for you because this is needed. This Thank is you. important, man. What you do is, you, you're doing God's work because this is education. This is giving value to the people, right? Unconventional education. Yes. <laughs> 70 episodes. God knows how many lives you have changed, you know? I'll find out when I die. Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably, bro. Yeah. But yeah, we need to start having conversations like this on a day-to-day. -day. And I thank you for having me here, bro. I thank you for having this conversation with me here on your podcast, bro. I thank you for it the conversation. The and I thank you for your time. That, no, thank you. For real. Like, this is very powerful and it's moving stuff. And you don't get opportunities like this to share. Few and far between, really. Yeah. And Mostly serendipitous. Yes. And I hope that you continue to do this. And I hope that you continue to inspire whoever that listens, all, all the folks that listen to your stuff. And I hope you know how valuable these conversations are that you're having. I might right? have an inkling. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I can feel something. Yeah. Yes. Keep doing it, man. And that's what I have to say. Thank you, Yang Rangaja. Thank you for your time. Mm -hmm. The fantastic conversation. Thank you. I'll and all you that soon. you do. <laughs> Thank you, bro. <laughs> and that is a wrap, sir. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and feel inspired. If you enjoyed what you heard thus far, do give us a follow on Instagram. And don't forget to share and subscribe. Stay tuned for the next episode.